またせとな。Welcome everybody to episode 99.8 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. Yes, we are naming the episode after uh, our beloved Kingdom Hearts series, even though Steven is not here right now. You forgot HD Remix EX Plus Alpha. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Can I put a fraction in there while we're at it? Yeah, sure. Three, five, Without Steven here, we don't have to force a positive spin on it. Wait, <laughs> it would be just as irrational as Square Enix's regular naming conventions, right? Oh. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, I am your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Uh, just wanted to start with a huge apology to everybody. We have been having a real hell of a time trying to get a podcast together for about the past month now. Uh, total transparency. Um, everybody knows, if you've been a long-time listener on this show, like... When school starts for me, it's like about three weeks of absolute hell, like no free time. Welcome to living at a boarding school. Uh, but right before that, my father-in-law passed away. So I've been helping my wife deal with that, deal with that estate. So that kind of that took me out of commission for quite a long time. So I just wanted to really apologize to the listeners for that. I've been trying to get a podcast together. Scheduling has been absolutely terrible, especially with Steven being in Japan right now. Uh, so that's been kind of difficult. We'll try to get him on at some point. Uh, but in much happier news, I wanted to congratulate uh, Kim Wallace over at Game Informer and John McCarroll, our editor-in-chief. They's engaged, folks! Yay! Yay! Oh, freaking time. No, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Omedito. Oh, I'm so, been a while, yeah. I am so happy for them. So. Yeah, and um, both of them are in Tokyo right now for, uh, co- covering Tokyo Game Show, and uh, I don't know the circumstances of it, but he proposed to her in Tokyo, right? Yep, that's what it looks like. I'm, I'm wondering if he was wearing an outfit full of zippers when he did it, um, probably brandishing <laughs> a keyblade of some sort. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, that that's If I see one more picture from Steven of Kingdom Hearts stuff in Japan, I'm just... Anywho, I haven't... In- You're going to see more pictures. I, I know. All right, He's there me, for an entire year. Let me introduce everybody. So we have uh, Derek, he- Derek Coffee Heemsbergen. That's me. My God. It is, it is 7 a.m. on the West Coast, which I know, I mean, is not, it could be earlier, but you have to admit that this is some dedication to get I, this podcast. I, I will, but we, we have agreed that having the podcast earlier has actually been better, so that way, like, people oh, yeah, for really sure. tire nights. It's just the getting up in the morning is just like, blah, blah. <sighs> So that's Derek. Uh, we have Mike. I ran around a lake this morning, Solosi. Yeah, it's 10 a.m. on Wait, the really? on the yeah, it's 10 a.m. on the East Coast. So I got up early, ran around the lake behind my house, and then you know sauntered back to my room Bad for the ass. podcast. Yeah, way to way to actually like put me to shame. I haven't been. Yeah, no, it's, so like, it's it's not a huge lake. It's like it's like one and a half, one point seven. It's still a lake in your backyard. Do you play the Rocky it's... music while you do it? No, I play I play a lot of RPG fighting music actually. Okay, I did that for. Oh, that's awesome. Good deal. Yeah. yeah, I do that at the gym too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do they know? Like, I, I, do you guys ever think about that? Like, because people have brought that up in memes and on Twitter and stuff. Like, what would the people at the gym around you think if your headphones came unplugged while you were listening? And it's like, 
Oh yeah, that's definitely some J-pop. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm 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 benching to like the Persona Four yeah. intro theme. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah, like it would it would be like alternating between the Shovel Knight OST and Eurobeat from uh from you know a drift racing anime or something. So it's oh, initial uh, it, D. It, and that's it. Yeah, like initial D Eurobeat, like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. at the gym. Okay, you guys just gave me like so many things to parse real quick that I have to parse Diablo. <laughs> like. One was, uh, so last night my buddy and I were playing Diablo 3, and I started getting really goofy. Alcohol may have been involved. And so I started singing uh, 80s songs in the Bane voice from The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, God. Okay, that's reasonable. Standing with your indecision, nothing ever lasts forever. Everyone wants to rule the world. Mm-hmm. So that that was fun. And then you brought up Shovel Knight, and I think I... Did you guys play Plague of Shadows? No, not I've, yet. I've no, I haven't one, yet. I, re- I played one level of that, and I was like, F this. Like, no way. I am not playing this. Because he oh, controls... you suck at video games? Or... Well, he like... controls so weird. He is so momentum-based, and, like, all of his attacks are, like, they take a second to explode and stuff. I can't stand that. I need to have direct control over my character. I was like, nah, man. Nah. And, nah. Well, and you can, like, double jump on the bombs for triple jumping and... and... Stuff yep, it seems crazy. I this I is, can appreciate this is that though, because you already have your your standard mode that controls precisely, that does exactly what you would expect it to. So I appreciate that they made him not a clone. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's fine that they did it. It's just I I recognized very quickly, and I think this is my old age speaking now. I don't like this, so I'm not going to play it. Like that doesn't make it bad. I'm just like, no, this is not my cup of tea. Like I do not like the way he controls at all. And it's pretty awesome that it's a free update. Oh, yeah. That was that was a. Uh, I think it was a Kickstarter stretch goal originally. It's, so um, it's, it's really cool. And I'm actually thinking about rebuying the game so I can play through that DLC and the original game again on I Vita. Am too. Yeah, I, I, I have I have it on PC, but it seems like it would be perfect on a Vita. So well, well, yeah. that, I, might, that I did, may happen. I did a very bad thing by getting us off topic while we were still introducing people. So no, yeah. 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 I'm sorry, so, Caitlin. No, just, just you know, forget about me, like, no, I mean, women in, in video games in general. Oh, Caitlin, that's not fair. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about a game that I don't like. I, I, I was making a joke. <laughs> Hi, Caitlin. Are you Caitlin? I, oh, no, I'm the other, I'm, um, I'm Shadow Caitlin. Shadow okay. Caitlin. <laughs> you're not me! Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're not the character that we thought you were, even though, like, for the entire game, we thought that you were that character, and now it kind of ruins the story? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, and I know what game you're talking about. We're not, gonna, we're not going to say what game you're talking about. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I figured this gives us a chance to kind of catch up a little bit, and then we got a lot of TGS news to talk about. Uh, the only thing that I really have, outside of, dear God, I played a lot of Metal Gear, is uh, I beat The Witcher 3. I I beat it. Yay! Yeah. Um. That so that g- took you that took you about five months, which sounds about right, actually. You know what? But that game should have ended ten hours before it did, and it's it's kind of a shame because I'm a I'm a little uh I'm a little sour on it right now. Um. Unfortunately, it's it just doesn't end the way. Let let me hold on a sec. I, my buddy just called me on Skype, and now I want to slap him. So I'm just horribly confused right now with what is going on. Hold on a sec. So let me let me parse exactly what I what my feelings are about Witcher Three. So Witcher Three, like, there's a moment when you're playing Witcher Three where like everything sort of comes together and you have this big climactic moment. Everything just totally hits the fan. Characters die. Everybody shows up to help you that you've met along your journey. It's this really exciting, awesome moment. 
And then the game just keeps going. And there's a lot of character development in there that I really like, but it turns into a giant fetch quest. It's like, hey, Geralt, you need to go get this thing. Hey, Geralt, you need to go get that thing. Hey, Geralt, you need to go do this thing. Hey, Geralt, you need to go do that thing. So there was no story creation for anything that I was doing. And then the worst part is the game has shown me nothing new for these 10 hours. Like, everything that I'm doing is go into a cave, fight a giant golem, get the thing, give the thing to another character, and then go to another cave, fight a golem, get the thing. Like, it really ends on a horrible note. There's two final boss fights that are not only extremely boring, but they are piss-easy. Like, the guys didn't even hit me once. It was just a boring fight where this guy has a mass of hit points, and I just have to hit him, like, 150 times. But he's so damn slow, he's never going to hit me. Sounds like an MMO boss fight. It it was really disappointing. Like, I I just feel like that game should have ended, and it feels very rushed out the door, which I was... I don't know. I I really really like Witcher Three, but that ending really uh, I don't know. It just it. How far has everybody else gotten in it, Caitlin? I know you were playing a ton of it. Um, I'm not anywhere near to the ending. I haven't even found Siri yet. So. <sighs> and Derek, are you playing it or no? Oh, I'm I'm completely done. Oh, that's right. That's right. You weren't really you weren't really digging on it. Yeah, I mean it's it's fine. It's just not for me. Yeah, I I don't know. I just it it really. I, I was really bummed out. I was really bummed out playing it. Like I, I just I have to remind myself how much that I enjoyed it because I did really enjoy the game. Like I'm not trying to revisionist history the whole thing, but it definitely the ending left a lot to be desired. Now Steven, of course, brings up the fact that I I hate most endings in video games, and he is True. correct. Like I I tend to not like endings in video games. I like it when endings come together and they make sense with what's been done before, so I actually have a very hard time when games don't do that. But if you are not showing me anything new gameplay-wise for 10 hours and you're just kind of spinning your wheels and I don't even understand what I'm doing thematically or story-wise anymore, it's time to just stop. Like, just stop the game at that point. You know, don't continue doing the same thing over and over again. So, I still recommend it. I still think uh, people will like it. It was still a lot of fun. A very, very fun game, but it just... (sighs) Are you still excited for the expansion coming out soon? Honestly, no. I'm kind of done. Like, I don't think... Maybe maybe in a month's time, I will want to play more Witcher. But right now, I am kind of like... I'm a little... I'm a little Witchered out right now. I, I was hoping you'd say that. I mean, you've only been playing it for five months, so. Yeah, and I mean, and again, I really, really enjoyed it, guys. Like, it, it was super fun. I had a great time with it. It just, it overstayed its welcome. And a lot of times when a game overstays its welcome, that's when I start getting, like, I get antsy. I don't really enjoy it. So that's, uh... That's our Witcher Minute. Uh, I still recommend people to play it because it's still an awesome game. And now I'm just realizing that there is one game that I haven't talked about on the show yet that I really, really enjoyed. And Derek, Until Dawn? Yeah, and Derek, I think you're playing it too. Until I played oh, it. Oh, Barbie Horse Adventures 2, yes. Yes, yes Barbie Horse Adventures 2. Uh, Until Dawn. And yeah, I, we beat that. I, I My review is up on the site. Um, what did you guys think of it? Because I really liked it. I had a ball playing this game with Jackie, playing it with my wife. I was surprised how much I liked it, considering when it was revealed, I wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it yeah. was going to be horrible. You know, a you know, TV celebrity movie, celebrity tie-in, you know, with uh, What's-Her-Face from Heroes being 
the the you know the subject of that opening trailer and then I played it I got an impulse and I freaking loved every minute of it now did you like heavy rain Caitlin were you a big heavy rain fan no, I did not like Heavy okay, Rain, so, and so this you, game is better than Heavy Rain. So I'm you and I are on the same page there. You and I are on the same page where we both did not like Heavy Rain. Uh, I, I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I did not like Heavy Rain. I like the theory of Heavy Rain. It's the story of Heavy Rain that made me want to like gouge my own eyes out. Right, and That uh, and the characters. Yes. Yeah, Robert, I don't want to put words in your mouth Why do you always call me – hold on a sec. Why do you always call me Robert? You make me feel oh. like a teacher. Don't do Rob? that to me. Okay, sorry. sorry. Just it Rob. Says, it says Robert on the Skype window right there. Okay, I, I know. Sorry. Just call me Rob. I feel like a teacher, like I'm, like I'm yelling at students right now. Don't do that to me. Uh, uh, Mr. Steinman? As a, as a linguistic strategy <laughs> to distance himself from you. <laughs> okay, Rob. I, yeah. uh, I think on older podcasts you mentioned a couple times that you did not like heavy rain but you wanted more games like it yes because you were really intrigued by its presentation and how it, and what it was doing with story but you did not like the game itself right and this is almost like an answer to that uh to that request that you put out because it, it's it's sort of like heavy rain since it has a malleable plot to a degree and is uh and has you know s- similar presentation similar like expressions on the character models and stuff but it's it's better than heavy rain yeah i mean it 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 surprised me in so many different ways so one i think that the the acting is really fun like i mean they're they're playing a bunch of teenagers who are going to get killed like if you've ever read um you know any of roger ebert's reviews of like horror slasher films from the 80s and 90s he, he calls them dead teenager movies where the teenagers show up and they are alive and then over the course of the movie they will be made dead except for jamie lee curtis except for jamie lee curtis um and and it just it plays into that so well like it just it really understands the genre that it's doing it has some fun with some of the subtleties of the genre and some of the stereotypes of the genre like i really like that aspect of it um i think patrick klepik did a really awesome write up on kotaku talking about um the one uh female oh god i forget her name emily uh, yeah, em- yeah, and how she's kind of portrayed as the sex pot at the start of the game. Oh, she, she's the blonde with short hair. Oh, you mean hair. Jess? Oh, yes, Jess. Jess. Yeah, okay. Oh no, Emily's a whole other story. Sorry, I, I can't. Uh, Emily, I hate. But uh, but Jessica, how she's kind of portrayed as the sex pot, and then it turns out that you find out more about her character, and she's like very uh, unsure of herself, and it's kind of all a big act. Like some of that stuff is subtle in a really, really good way. Like, I, I don't think the game's perfect when it comes to that stuff, but it's trying, and it's having fun with the tropes of the horror genre. Some of the best parts about the game for me were the fact that it kept me guessing the entire time. Like, I think they do a really good job with the main mystery and what's going on. Like, I kind of sort of started to figure things out as I went along, but they kept kind of pulling the rug out from under me, and it never felt cheap, which was the number one complaint with Heavy Rain, where half of its drama was manufactured because of how the story was A, being told, and its use of unreliable narrators. And I just, I hated it for that. Like, it's not cool or clever to do that sort of thing over and over again. So I, I do think that Until Dawn was a very harrowing experience. It was so much fun. Jackie and I were yelling at each other like, no, do this, no, do that, no, what? Oh, God, you got him killed! How many people did you guys lose in your playthroughs? Because I only lost two mm. my um, first time through. Let's see. I, I think was playing I in a lost group. Matt. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's easier to lose. Him and yeah. Jester are the easiest to lose. Uh, I played in a group and we lost three or four because <laughs> uh, we definitely messed up at the very end sequence and uh, left people behind. 
It seems mm-hmm. like I'm catching that, too, because there, there's one mechanic in the game where you have to hold the controller very still. I put that sucker on the ground, and it's right? registered, yeah. and I got pretty pissed off. I was like, uh, Maybe it has to do with the position of it, like if it's up in the air. I don't know. I don't know. I, that was frustrating. What's funny is I actually, I'm, I'm more on the side of your typical argument, Rob, that it sort of falls apart near the end, because I... I thought the game was way more interesting before they revealed the main mystery, mm-hmm, like what, mm-hmm. what the what the monster was and what's happening actually on the mountain. Everything was was way scarier before we actually knew what was going on. And once they revealed it, it was kind of like, okay, well, I can totally see. I can totally see where you're coming from on and, that. I, I understand your argument. I really do. That yeah, it and, was going to be dis- divisive. And that's. I mean. It's it's okay. It wasn't awful by any means. I, I still thought it was an enjoyable experience overall. But I, I do think that the the final sequence, uh, just you know what I'm talking about. Just the very the yeah. very final sequence yeah. is incredibly rushed, and the ending is just like surprise. It's the end. Yeah, I, I, I wish there had been more variation with the way that with the denouement of the game. I I, 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 I totally agree with that. The tension of that sequence, but it was definitely just like it's over. Bye. Yep. It, yep, it came very abruptly. But beyond that, I thought it, I thought it was very interesting. It's the kind of game that, uh, like I said, I played it in a group, and I think we had like seven people sitting in a room, Ooh. and we got together three Fridays in a row, and just we would all shout out decisions uh, <laughs> wow. every time one was on the screen, and that that made it way more fun than playing it <laughs> by myself. That sounds so. ideal. It's like Until Dawn at the Apollo, sort of. It was yeah. <laughs> it, that was just a fun and you're right it really is a group game. It took me back to my days playing Resident Evil with my buddies in middle school and like how we used to argue and like no 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 you need to go through here. No 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 you need to go through here like that. Yeah. And that's that's what that that game draws upon is that instinctive desire to shout at the movie screen to say right. don't go in that door and you can actually yeah. choose in that case. However, there are some parts in the game that just they require luck basically for you to make the quote unquote correct decision because there's yeah. no way you could know. And I ended up making the correct decision. In those Do you cases. hand him the flare gun? That seems unimportant. Like, well, I know. knew that from the E3. Well, that's what the right. totems same, are there same for. Here. Right. The totems kind of give you a little bit of a hint of that. But it, again, I don't think the game is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it was one of the more enjoyable and unique experiences. And to go back to Mike's point that he brought up that I made on this podcast way back when, is like, it's not that I, I hated Heavy Rain the idea, it's that I hated Heavy Rain the execution and the story. And so to, to play something that I found much more genuine, whereas Heavy Rain was, I think, trying to be something that it wasn't and suffered for it, until Dawn knows what it is. It's a silly slasher movie. And mm-hmm. it, it by embracing that, I found it to be so much more enjoyable than something that was probably one of the most pretentious video games I've ever played. <laughs> I'd agree with that. Yeah. So. I haven't played it yet, but I'm I'm definitely interested in it and I really hope that it was successful and made money because in, that would just encourage more sort of narrative driven experiences that are genre aware and have these cool storyline things going on. I I haven't played it yet, but I would like to see more games like it around. And right. it did seem it had a nice little internet buzz going for it when like everyone was writing about it and doing mm-hmm. let's plays of it and stuff so you know it, it, it seems like it's been you know successful i uh, i read an article around the time it came out that uh, probably about a week after and i don't remember if it was an article actually maybe it was a neo gaff thread or something but they were saying something to the effect of wouldn't it be cool if there was 
and like an American Horror Story style series of Until Dawn games where it was just sort of like the same actual yep. cast yeah. of people in completely different roles. Oh, that would be in awesome. Different environments. I would be so down with that. I would be so happy if they would make yeah. more Until Dawn games like that. Or not even if it's the same people, but if it's like, you know, just a similar group of, well, of, of yeah, that characters just in the... different horror tropes. Like maybe there's one at a. I don't know, one of the house party and there's someone getting murdered stream Wait, house style. party from the nineteen eighties? Like that movie we're gonna turn into a horror I'm I'm That's, down. That movie is nineteen ninety one, I think. Oh and god, I feel if, old. if they did if they did like an adventure <laughs> game starring kid and play, I would be first in line to buy it. <laughs> But no, only, I, only I there's the an interactive idea. rap battle scene. Only. Yes, that, that's a requirement. Well, you have the to. idea of the, the same character models was just, was was somebody proposing it as, well, what if this cut down on development costs and time enough that they could reuse the same character models and just rework them into these things and make it like an episodic thing released every, you know, six months for 30 bucks, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. No, I, I still I, have to have the actors come in and do mocap and that, voice acting. Yeah. So. I really which, speaking it. of which was really well it's done. Very most impressive. Of the time. Yes. I like really, Yeah. Go I ahead. mean it's still it's not like we still haven't reached the absolute pinnacle, but this was I think a really good example of how we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, Best I've ever seen in a game. And it was a really it was a nice treat to see some of my favorite actors from TV shows like uh, Brett Dalton plays Mike and he's uh, Agent Grant Ward in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, okay. Uh, see, or, or Exile, he's not really an agent anymore, but... Yeah, well, Agents of Not S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers that was, that was a, last That was year. a really cool treat to see him, and I actually I loved his character by the end of the game, so... Yeah, his, his character development was really fun. His character development was really fun. There's just a lot of really smart things going on in the game. I do wish that there was more to it than just the walking around and the way that it kind of... It forces you, once you reach a certain point, like you're going to pick up the next story beat. And so I felt like I was constantly on a leash. Like, hey, I can't go too far if I'm going to explore and find stuff because otherwise the game's just going to continue on to the next section. I I would like there to be maybe a little bit more puzzle-y stuff or something along those lines. Um... Just, yeah. just something to flesh it out, just a little bit more, and and also the controls on the characters are terrible. I, I, I like, thank God they never give you like a, hey, you need to do this very quickly using these awful like heavy rain style momentum Resident Evil controls. Like, thankfully there's none of that in the game because I was like, that's really gonna piss me off if they do that. It's a little awkward to control the characters. I felt. Yeah, although I appreciate how they they move in the environment and look around naturally. Yeah. Like it might be awkward controlling them, but at least they look like they look like they, they were long. Really... Yeah. It's like yeah. the it's like the Resident Evil HD remake uh, remake that came out last January where you could play it with the new control scheme, but because the characters aren't designed to move like that in terms uh, of their animations, it looks really bad. Like yeah, it's very so bad. jarring. But then if you play it the way it's meant to be played, it looks phenomenal. Like they they look like they are part of that world that they belong in there. But yeah, until until dawn was a great game. I, I was very pleasantly surprised by it. I I really hope that it gets a little bit of a following, um, because I want more games like that. It was it was maybe the Telltale style has turned people on to these types of games more. But I don't need every game to have the like she will remember that. Yeah, right? <laughs> to have that all the time anymore. I love those kind well, of games, but I they don't have technically it. have that. It's just the butterfly effect. Right. I, I would just like to see a little bit more. You know, hey, let's let's try some different stuff with this. Well, I mean. Yeah. It- to a degree, I I like it that characters I like that characters remember things that you do in those Telltale games. But I almost wish they didn't have those messages just to you know make it seem a little bit less like a game. 
Right, right. right. It, it, I it, think the idea there is to is to remind you that. Oh, can you turn them off? I think you can in the. Oh, good. Games. Yeah, yeah, I'm almost okay. positive you can. That, that's sort of the the like the thread there that's supposed to remind you. This is a game, and this is a part where you engaged in a mechanic of the game. Right. FYI, that kind of thing. <laughs> I should do that for all future Telltale games I play. See if I, see FYI, if I you, we should you done do that pissed Tyrion off. <laughs> do that. In, in other news, the sun came. FYI, winter is coming. No, FYI, it's gonna be like, winter is coming. I'm going to be like, hey, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, Rob, you want to go uh, You want to go uh, for pancakes? And he's going to be like, no, I hate pancakes. And I'm going to be like, oh, Derek will remember that. <laughs> Derek will. Dude, I love pancakes. Now, I'm more of a French toast person, but I love me some uh, yeah, Waffles, excuse you. Waffles are really good. I'm I'm a fan of waffles. I, We're see, talking about the breakfast, uh, you know, breakfast uh, pastry, not pastry, even whatever, some like, kind of carb, like <laughs> some kind of flour-based breakfast item. Okay. See, I I love breakfast. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. But what I found is that I have no control over myself at breakfast, so I end up getting very fat if I eat a lot of breakfast. So <laughs> like when I when I first got my job uh, here at the school, they have breakfast every morning for the kids. We, we don't have to go, but we can. And I was like, ooh, bacon, French toast, pancakes, uh, home fries every day. How can I go wrong? About 30 pounds later, that's what happened right there. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. So, yeah, until dawn. Lots of fun. I had, it. I had a very good time with that game. So what's everybody else got? Um, I spent most of August playing the last story with the Retro Encounter podcast. All right, and that game that game's interesting. We they I went into way too much detail talking about it for the podcast, but right now I'm not uh, recording this month with them. But they're playing Terra Enigma and having a lot of fun with it. So yeah, that's the the Retro Encounter plug for today. Well done, well done. You guys have been doing a great job on that show. Did you did you like the last story? I, I've always been told that I would hate the last. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> I didn't lo- I didn't love it, but I wish there were more games like it. Uh, it, it, it was interesting. Uh, very sort of straightforward st- um, story. It had sort of almost a mission structure. So the game, I, I was bothered that uh, the game was extremely linear. Didn't feel like I could revisit anything or, or that there was more than just these linear corridors. But I mean, the characters were cool. The combat was interesting when it worked and frustrating when the camera was busted, which was all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to go into huge into detail with it, but I, I like I sort of decided that game was sort of like a C-plus game, but if you really, really got attached to certain parts of it, you would think of it as a B-plus or A-minus game. Mm-hmm. I would but, very much agree with that assessment. It looked different. It's different and interesting, even though I didn't love it. Yeah. I own it. I just haven't had a chance to really dig into it too much. I mean, good soundtrack, right? But that, oh, that's... the soundtrack rules. Um, Not a surprise with Uematsu. Yeah, the the invitation to madness boss battle in the in the latter quarter of the game. Not the final boss, but in one of the zillion boss fights leading up to the final boss. I I've listened to that a lot at the gym, a little bit, in fact. Hey, hey. <laughs> topical, right? Gets you pumped yeah. up. More like more like elliptical, but yes. Ha-ha. So, where, so where do we place that in the uh, the trilogy of those Wii RPGs that's always lumped together? The Operation Rainfall trilogy, as um, it's called, with uh, Pandora's I Tower. Played, I haven't played Pandora's Tower, uh, but it's, I. I, I do not like it. Even though it's about a third the length of Xenoblade, which I appreciate, I think Xenoblade's much better. Well, obviously. This wasn't an actual question. I love Xenoblade. It's just that it, it overstays. Again, that's, yeah, uh, no, that was it overstays a game that, its welcome. That was a game that should have been 60 hours instead of 90. But, yeah, uh, it's very long. 
Um, but well, it could be sixty hours if you weren't doing yeah. so many side quests. But I got I, well, fed up with the side quests in that game. If there's an exclamation yeah. point on the screen, Caitlin, I have to acknowledge it. I, know, I right? turn those off. You can do that, man. Or not, no, 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 not. I turn the arrow off, pointing okay. towards the main mission. Oh, okay, so. I, I, I'm learning all things that all kinds of things that I can turn off today. This is amazing. <laughs> but oh. uh, yeah, no. Um, the last story is interesting. You can listen to the Retro Encounter podcast or read the Final Thoughts article on it uh, to hear our thoughts on it. But um, right, yeah, right now they're doing Terra Enigma, and uh, that game is totally weird and totally cool. Yeah, it's one, it's a shame we didn't get that in North America. I played actually, I played it uh, with a couple of friends probably four years ago or so for the first time via emulator. Shh, it's the only way I could do it. Um, and it's definitely a game with incredibly progressive ideas for the time it was released, but it has some mm. sections that are awful. Just puzzles that are incredibly obtuse or bosses that are basically impossible unless you perfectly dodge every attack. Yeah, uh, but it has some very fascinating thematic ideas. Yeah, I stopped. It's, I uh, I got to chapter three when I was playing it probably a decade ago. Yeah, but I I got I got stymied by some confusing events like right after a boss battle. But uh, it, it's sort of funny how that game's the opposite of Chrono Trigger and that it's this it's like SNES uh, cult hit that the UK got and the US didn't. So it's easy to find an English translation of it. Yeah, uh, but it's. Yeah, it's 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 sort of weird that we that one slipped through the cracks, but it's it's very interesting, and um, I think the Retro Encounter guys have put out the first episode about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you can listen to all those as they are released in September. Yeah. Did anybody pick up the uh, Grandia Two on Steam, the PC yes, version? I did. Is that good? Should I yeah. should I should I do it? Yeah, it's got. Uh, you can definitely tell that it's it's a Dreamcast game originally. It's mm. got some low texture, like low res textures on the character portraits and the the UI, which bugs me a little bit. But it's I mean it's not illegible by any means. It's just obvious that this is an upscaled game. Um, the models look as good as they can. I mean the resolution on them is nice, but they still it, it's kind of jarring because it's one of those things like you uh, we played that game when it came out. I'm I'm assuming you did too, and. Looking at it now, it's like, oh man, did it always look that rough? And at the time, we thought, oh man, this is the pinnacle of RPG graphics. It's kind of like Final Fantasy VII, although I still think that VII aged better than eight in terms of uh, like style. But that's I guess that's not really relevant. Uh, yeah, so I, I think it looks pretty good. They patched it to allow 60 frame per second battles, which is super cool. So that looks really, really nice. Um, the visual upgrade, I would say, is... It's the best they could have done, given what they had to work with. Do we think that this is going to lead to, I think, what everybody wants, which is Skies of Arcadia on PC? Do we think that's what we're leading to here? <clears throat> well, I hope so, but they're not the same company. They're, they don't have the rights to that. So, But, I mean, Sega has been pretty cool about uh, putting things on Steam. Like, we got uh, Valkyria Chronicles near the end of last year. Yeah, I, that's and what so I've, I... I've been holding out. Like, I've always wanted to play Skies of Arcadia. I think it's within the realm of possibility, and especially since the, I mean, the GameCube version of Skies of Arcadia had bad audio compression and some visual tearing, because, I mean, they put it onto one GameCube disc instead of two Dreamcast discs, and a similar thing happened on the uh, PS2 version of Grandia 2, the, there's all kinds of visual tears and bad audio there, uh, but from what I, from what I've heard, I, I've played Grandia 2, but I haven't played the PC version, but it's been received very positively, it's very encouraging. Yeah, it's good, and they've been pretty proactive about updating it. And uh, keeping the the fans, the, the consumers, aware of what's happening. 
um, they put out a lot of patch notes or like we fixed such and such thing. And there, there have been a couple of bugs, but it's it's definitely playable. Um, I did have mine freeze on me twice, which is frustrating. So I kind of shelved it for, I was like, all right, I'll come back to this in a week or two once they've smoothed all this out. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't tremendously bothersome. It wasn't like, oh my God, I can't believe this game is running like this. It was just like, okay, well, this is a Dreamcast game. So. Yeah, it's a little Although there, there, was, there was a PC version of it released way back when, but I heard that was as garbage as the PS2 version. I cannot confirm or deny. Cannot mm-hmm. corroborate, rather. Plus, even without the visual upgrade, that's just a really cool, like, late 90s RPG that, oh, is, yeah. that, that is worth playing if you have interest in JRPGs in general. So the, the voice acting remains really good, surprisingly. It's a little hammy, but it's still as good as you could hope for. I, I Because back in the era of, oh my god, voice acting is so novel in RPGs, I look at something like Final Fantasy X, which re- was recently re-released, and I play that, and some of the voice acting is pretty... Uh, it's but, it's weird and it's weird because there's um the voice acting talent is really remarkable in that game. Yeah. Because, um, I, I think uh Elena is Jennifer Hale, who's Fem Shep and a ton of other great uh, female characters. Jennifer Hale is everyone. And all right? and, and uh Millennia is, is Ariel. Is Jen- Jody Benson, who is Ariel and a bu- and all, she was like talk, Dis- talk about a mind blowing revelation yeah. there. Wow. And uh and she's been a Disney Day player in a lot of stuff. Like I think she's every Barbie in the Toy Story movies and stuff because <laughs> like I think Disney has her locked up in a dungeon or something. Poor, <laughs> poor Jody Benson. But anyway, there's and uh, oh and Ryudo's someone good too, isn't he? Uh, uh... Oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Oh, I do he, remember. Is he the guy that's Albedo in Star Ocean Three? Uh, oh, wait, wait, Steve, is it Steve? It's not Steve Bloom. It's When you say I'll be, there's a... I go to Xenosaga. I don't think a Star oh, Citizen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that is. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm, mix, I'm mixing up my PS2 RPGs, but it's that guy with the, with the deep voice. You know the guy. Well, I can tell you, however, that uh, the main character of Grandia Extreme is voiced by Mark Hamill. Oh, cool. oh wow. Yeah. Huh. Oh, well, anyway, yeah, anyway, there's like Grandia Two is weird voice acting, but really pretty strong voice acting talent, which is remarkable. Oh yeah, no, I, I think it's good actually. I th- I think it actually holds up better than Final Fantasy X because oh, okay. it's it's a little bit more it's it's campy, it's hammy, but it's it's played up to make it not it's it seems natural, I suppose, for the setting and for the visual style and. I like it. I think that they're really emotive, and Ryudo's just a dick, and I, at least throughout most of the game, and and I like that. I think they portray him as one in a compelling way. He's like Luke from Tales of the Abyss. You want to slap him, but you're also kind of interested in what he's going to do. So, it's kind of amazing when we were talking about the Dreamcast visuals, like. I really, really like the fact that with a lot of Dreamcast games, because of the hardware, because of like some of the limitations on what they could do, they went for this really clean anime look. And I really, really like that in Skies of Arcadia and Grandia. Like, I don't think every game needs to be ultra-realistic, and that's something that I don't like about... Like, There's nothing wrong with ultra-realistic games, but I like games that look like cartoons sometimes like i think that you know the way dragon quest 11 looks is sure yeah like we need more of that i'd like to have a little bit more of that um that ability to look different and that was something that i think dreamcast games you had games like resident evil code veronica that looked as realistic as they could at the time and then you had games like skies of arcadia and that was just such a great representation of what the hardware can do and what really good art direction can do yeah we can have a variety of things yeah who would have thought 
uh, Crispin Freeman voices yeah, Albedo. Yeah, yeah, I was and thinking it was Crispin Freeman, but it's actually Cam Clark. It's Cam Clark, who I was yeah. Of. Which is so, kind of surprising. I, I know like, they don't really they don't really sound alike. I think I was just mixing up the C first names or something, but I. Well, no, yeah. I don't mean that. I mean, like, say you went from Metal Gear Solid to Grandia Two, they, they don't sound sim- like similar characters. Yeah, well, at least I mean, from what I remember of Grandia Two, I mean. Talented voice actors are crazy versatile. Like yeah. I, it, it blew my mind when I found out that Nolan North was Deadpool in MVC three and in a bunch of other games because no, you, you think you know how Nolan North sounds because he has that leading man voice in Uncharted and Prince of Persia and all that, but then Deadpool just sounds is completely off the wall bonkers. It's like, is that really Nolan North? It's, it's like, the no. same way with The Last of Us. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. exactly. So it's like it, uh, these these are just all really Nolan talented North, also the Penguin actors. Yeah. yeah. Didn't, didn't he also voice uh, Vacheron in Residents of Fate? Mm-hmm. That one now, I don't know. And now Troy, ba- Troy Baker's in everything. He's sort of the Nolan North of 2014, 2015. Yeah. And, he, and he was Joker in the Arkham games. <sighs> yes, he was. Weird, and he doesn't sound like Kanji Tatsumi at all. So, yeah. Voice acting is voice actors are just getting better and, and you know, Speaking the, the which, craft is getting refined. I don't know how they keep getting him to come back for Kanji. Like, no, he Persona didn't. 4 no, just not. They didn't. They got Matthew Mercer to replace him for, oh, really? yeah. for, for Q. I think he did Persona He's... 4 and 4 Arena, but uh, he was replaced by Matthew Mercer in every game after that. But and he sounds so similar. It's a convincing performance, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they sound so similar that I, I, didn't, I only knew that because of credits and not because of actually playing the game. Wasn't Cam Clark also Leonardo on the Ninja Turtles? He was. Okay, and, okay. And he was... Uh, Oh, he was a major character in Tales of Symphonia. I forget which one. He's done everything. He's done everything. That, that's the worst part of Metal Gear Solid Five. I was really hoping David Hayter would show up, and he doesn't. Oh, uh, you, that, you held out hope. I did. Hand. I did. I was. I was like, come on, man, come on. You, because he got real quiet on Twitter. Like he wasn't talking for like a while, and so I was like, ooh, maybe they brought him in. Maybe they're gonna do something. No. Uh, I, that candle has officially burned out, and it. it and there's not time travel where he goes and sees himself and no so I'm he's not... not like an alternate timeline shadow snake no I'd, i really snake. wish though punished venom snake are you going <laughs> why does he need a nickname why can't you just why can't you just be venom snake why do you have to be venom punished john venom, make it snake <laughs> what's the order it's so confusing he has come too i'll tell you that have That's you been, gonna run out of adjectives been playing eventually. metal gear Derek? yeah are you a big metal gear fan i've never asked you that I am. Okay, and you're liking it? Yeah. Gameplay-wise, it's, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, exposed to the argument that people people are complaining that he's kind of a silent protagonist for the most part. Like, he speaks in the mission logs and such, but not very much in the actual cutscenes, at least as far as I've gotten. Yeah. Which, I can, I can understand that, because it's definitely a different narrative structure than previous Metal Gear Solid Talks games. on a lot of cassette tapes, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, I like it. Um, my roommate has been playing it more than I have, but we have this agreement that he can't play it in front of me because it's <laughs> it's my PS4 and it's my copy of the game, and yeah. So it's like I'm not not trying to be a jerk here, but it's kind of like you know I I bought it. I don't want to see all the spoilers. So he plays it after. I was, I go to bed. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining thou shall not play Metal like Gear Solid Five in front <laughs> of my sights. Hey, when you have roommates, that's important stuff to hash out, yeah. right? It's kind of like yeah, those are these are ground rules I must set. Like when uh. When Xenoblade X comes out, there's no way. It's like, no, I'm playing that. The rule in our household is Jackie's not allowed to watch me play Bloodborne or any of the Souls games because she reacts. So she'll gasp, (laughs) and she'll be like, (gasps) I'm like, honey, shut up! 
<laughs> she'll make you like drop a combo or a block or something. Yeah, and I, I end up dying, and of course now I'm mad at her, and I'm like, okay, it's not your fault, but like you were making me on edge like the entire time. The one thing I will say about Metal Gear Solid Five, you know, I don't want to spend all day talking about it because I could. Um, that is the first stealth game I've ever played that when it hits the fan, I'm actually still having fun. Mm-hmm. And that is that is the highest praise I can give that game is that it's not I, I love Metal Gear Solid Three, Caitlin. You and I 100% agree on that. It's but, my favorite. Yeah. But when you get seen in that game, it's like, well, might as well just restart this area. And yeah. With five, it's like, nope, this is going to be fun now. Yeah, yeah the, it's, the it's buddies were like, the best part of that game too. I'm gonna send my like dog a with a knife in its mouth to slash somebody's throat. That's what I'm gonna do. Good boy, oh, Koro Chan. Yeah. I love Didi. <laughs> oh my god, so cute. Didi, uh, uh, screw Quiet. Quiet is an idiot and gets me killed more than Quiet ever. Quiet is not quiet. She never stops no! humming. No! She never stops humming, and then she starts shooting people, and I'm like, you just shot the target I was trying to extract. <sighs> quiet, live that? up to your name, please. Oh. <laughs> and shut up. And also put some goddamn clothes on. I didn't start using her until I got clothes. Rob, come on. Photosynthesis. Explains everything. <laughs> It's such it's a shame. Fashion. It's such a shame too. But anywho, we could we could talk this about. This is not the Metal Gear podcast. It could be very easily. Uh, so, Caitlin, what have you been up to besides the Metal Gearing? Um, well, I actually just played the Disgaea Five demo last night. Ooh. And um, I've never never played a game in the series before, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, it was really interesting. You like grinding the game. <laughs> I actually unironically love grinding the series. So, I was, and, but I, I don't have a PS4, so I really am interested to hear about this. So yeah, do tell Caitlin. Uh, well, so I mean, my knowledge of the series is basically it's got a really sort of interesting art style, and it's more kind of a humorous sort of setting than it doesn't take itself super seriously. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, and I was prepared for that, but I was still kind of a little bit surprised at the amount of kind of, like, silly stuff that happens um, with the way the characters meet and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a thing where as the game goes further and you meet more characters, they start kind of getting a little endearing. Um, It's kind of hard to tell from a uh, prologue demo. It's like five missions that you get to play. Um, and you can keep you can keep playing, and after you finish the story missions, you can go back and do the maps again and do uh, do quests and whatnot. Um, is that is a that cap? Uh, I don't How know. How dare I didn't you? It. I would imagine <laughs> if there is one. Well, I don't know what it is. All right, so, right. Well, so Caitlin, have you not played other games in the series? No, no, I've never oh, okay. played this guy game before. I usually really would get recommended them, and then I would look at screenshots and get a little turned off by the art style. To be honest, it's... I I honestly have half a mind to just like send you a copy of of the PSP Disgaea One or something. But um, you're absolutely on the ball in talking about the over-the-top silliness, and the way Disgaea games usually run is that the exposition is really silly, a lot of the individual episodes are really silly, and sometimes, quite often, to their detriment. But, like, every game in the series, except for Disgaea D2, which isn't great, hits oddly poignant notes. So, like, um, it, it, it sort of is really over-the-top silly until it starts to take itself a little seriously, and then it usually gets better. But it's um, it's not for everyone, and like I mean, it's calling it grinding the game is not inaccurate, because it's a game that uh like takes 
um, sort of just wears on its sleeve. Yeah, you can level up to 9,999 and then reincarnate with better stats and level up to 10,000 minus one again and then do that 20 times. Like, that's, a, if anything, a hallmark of the series. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, I am really intrigued by that because I love Disgaea and, like, three out of the five prior ones are among my favorite strategy RPGs. So I'm super interested in hearing more about it. Well, the gameplay uh, was really fun. Like, okay. I think the thing I liked the most about the demo was the gameplay. Um, because it's sort of, you, you look at it at the first glance, it's like, oh, it's a strategy, tile-based RPG. I move my character, so I attack. But there's a lot of interesting things you can do with combo attacks and throwing people. Like, I was actually really impressed with how you can move across the field really quickly by just stacking up, like, five people and throwing them in quick succession. Yeah, they kind of they execute that whole that feeling of if you're play if you played a strategy RPG say in the PS1 era, you'd think things like, "Man, I just I wish that I could just like get my units over there faster." How frustrating! The enemies are so far away. Couldn't I just mm-hmm. throw them or something? And of course <laughs> and you can. You, you play Disgaea and you totally can. Yeah. Now, be careful because if you accidentally throw an enemy into another enemy, their levels will combine. Yep. Uh, now, <laughs> Kit- Kit- oh really? Yeah, and that can and, and you really can fun. you could use that to level to level up because like, hmm, I can. It's way more experienced to have a one level one hundred enemy instead of five level twenty enemies. But yeah, like it, it, like it's deliberately exploitative in how you're allowed to build characters and level up. And it, uh, and sometimes it's it's oppressively grindy. It's like there's no way I can advance the story unless I unless I gain fifteen levels. But then you can gain fifteen levels in two missions with by messing with the systems a bit. So it's I mean that's sort of the Disgaea leveling vibe. But the story stuff really balances the silly and not silly in I feel in interesting ways. But it's not for everybody. It's it's definitely weird. And some episodes I just like, oh man, this is dumb. Just come on, let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah. Now Caitlin, you and I prayed to the altar of Final Fantasy Tactics last time I checked. So yes. um does this game scratch... My favorite strategy my favorite strategy RPG of all time as yes. well. So so the two questions that I have for Caitlin, one is this game scratching your Final Fantasy Tactics itch? Uh, yes and no. Um, yes, in the sense that it is obviously a strategy RPG, and it's sort of, you know, that, that was my first strategy RPG. It's the one that I kind of compare all others to. Um, but I'd say it's, it's a different enough experience, you know, overall, that I... I'm not actually thinking, oh, this is a tactics-like game, even though it's a strategy RPG. It's, it's, it's unique enough in everything it does, even in combat, that it doesn't necessarily feel like your traditional strategy RPG, which is kind of what I identify as tactics. So, um, so yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's an interesting experience for me. I, I haven't decided yet whether or not I'm going to pick it up when it comes out, but I, I'm actually kind of interested in playing more of it, so I may. Okay, now that was the first question. Second okay. question, why aren't you playing Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together? Because my Great. backlog on my Vita, I'm still trying to get through P3P, okay? I, I, I will never have you back onto this podcast. That is, you now have a homework assignment, Mr. Rob, Stein. Rob, I, I swear to you, I, offer, I, I make an offering. As soon as I beat P3P on my Vita, Tactics is the next game I'm playing. I, I am, I, Mr. Steinman is giving you a homework assignment, okay? Have you not okay. ever played that, Caitlin? <laughs> no, I haven't. <gasps> I know, I know, I know. I know, right? See? It's, it's a little God, unfair, though, giving her... Of how dare you? 
giving her a 50-hour homework assignment before she can be on the next two-hour podcast. Well, that's like physics, okay, dude? That's basically how it works. Hours of work to take a 45-minute test that you might still fail, okay? Welcome to my existence. Fair point. You take your own exams? Well, I mean, I, I definitely... I, I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just being, I'm just being cheeky. I'm just being cheeky. <laughs> All right, so Caitlin has a homework assignment, but she seems to like Disgaea, which is good. That's good. All right. Anything else, Caitlin? Um, other than the usual Final Fantasy fourteen, no. Mm. What is that disapproving? Mm. Well, uh, didn't I see that they have a big, exp- uh, not an expansion pack, but a big patch coming in, like, November? Yes, which we can get into when we talk about news, or we can talk about it now. Well, so. I think we have to talk about news, but we have to start with the world's most depressing and obvious news of the week. No, it's cool. I didn't play anything at all in the meantime. <laughs> oh, tell my bad, dude. I thought we talked. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. What have, what have you done, Derek? I've been playing Danganronpa. Danganronpa. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so. Ultra Despair Girls, the new one? Yep. Cool. Dang it, Grandpa. Yeah, so I, I picked up the most recent Danganronpa, which is like a 1.5 of sorts. It's a... I wouldn't even call it a side story, because I, I am going to bet money that it's going to be massively important in the newly announced Danganronpa 3. But it is a, it, it's a... It's a spin-off, basically. It takes place between 1 and 2. And it stars the main character of Danganronpa 1's sister, Komaru Naegi. Uh, basically, she's been trapped on. Uh, she's been trapped in this apartment, locked into it for a year and a half. And she's been getting food every day from a slot in the door. And other than that, she has no idea what's going on in the world around her. So it's and she's old kind boy, of, the video game. Like what? yes. So she's kind of uh, submitted to this this life of imprisonment, and. Uh, so she's she's not really doing anything with her life because she can't. And then suddenly um, a Monokuma robot breaks into her apartment and tries to murder her. And so she escapes and she ends up running into several other important characters from Danganronpa 1. I won't say who because the idea of who survives those games is very important thematic, or story-wise right. narratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she ends up getting together with a couple of people from the first Danganronpa and she is trying to escape this city that is suddenly under siege by these children. There are five children, and they call themselves the Warriors of Hope, and they are all just, like, sadistic psychopaths who are trying to murder every adult in the city. Like it. And it's super dark. I mean, if you've played Danganronpa, right. you know how dark it can get, because it, it's, it presents this very bright color palette, and you see these vibrant character designs, and it's juxtaposed with this incredibly intense violence and, and themes like, you know genocide um child abuse like ho- horrible murder uh mm-hmm. I, I i don't want to say too many things because there there are plot elements that are yeah, it, important it, to the series i played don gunrapa one for the first time earlier this year and it threw me for a loop and in the first say 30 minutes when the character who i assumed would be like the co-main character ends up being murdered horribly like 30 minutes in so oh, yeah so, okay. so spoiler, spoilers for less than an hour of Don Ganrapa. <laughs> okay, all but, right. Uh, I was going to ask if I should play this, but yeah, no, there you, we go. <laughs> I think you, I think you should actually. Because I really if, want if to. Like, if you like visual novels like Virtue's Last Reward, which you do, uh, I think you would very much enjoy. You get a lot out of this. I, I mean, enjoy is kind of a funny word to use to describe a murder simulator of sorts. But right. Well, it's the it, same thing that we were talking about with Until Dawn. It's like you're enjoying being scared, and some people don't enjoy being scared. It's you not know? even being scared. It's just the the themes at play in Danganronpa are so incredibly dark, and they can be oppressive. Right. And yes. You're dealing with with ideas like, oh, there is a person who exists who wants 
the world to fall into despair. And they will go to such extreme means to achieve that end that you will be disgusted. Like, now, I now, cannot believe that somebody would do that. And it's, it, it, it straddles this line between realism and, and fantasy in such a way that it's like, that could plausibly happen. Somebody could actually be that insane. But. Yeah, like, like imagine a sort of a world-threatening terrorist who's entirely motivated by nihilism. Now, I've really wanted to get into this series, but now I'm feeling like there are so many games now. Are there three titles in the in the series now? There's yeah. the two main games, and then there's the side story. Correct. I, I feel like I, it's starting to get to that like Kingdom Hearts level of, okay, I have to do a lot of catching up. I mean, hardly. Like, the, the original... I mean, if you consider that the original Danganronpa games, 1 and 2, were released on PSP, right. um, they were ported to Vita, which are the two versions that we got in North America. And then this one just came out. So all, all three of them are available on Vita. Um, I, and uh, I Danganronpa that, 3 got confirmed at TGS uh, right. for Vita and PS4, but it, it, right. it's not close to being released yet. So what okay. you can do, if need be, Rob, is there is an, an anime of the first game. It's just, it's just one season, and it covers the entire plot of the first game. Hmm. You are going to miss a lot of, of specific character moments if you just watch that. But you could definitely just watch it and get the plot of the first game and then jump into the second one. Okay. Honestly, that's what I did. And okay. be- because at the t- it was right around the time that Danganronpa 2 came out, and I was like, yeah, I heard a lot of buzz and I really wanted to try it. So I, I thought, you know, I'm just going to try to watch an episode of this anime and see what happens. And I got sucked in and watched all of it in a day. So huh. it's, I mean, and it's also a shorter, I think it's like a 13 episode series or maybe even a little bit less. So it's it's something that you can check out. And if, if that appeals to you, then definitely continue with the rest of the series. Um but so that's a shortcut for you if you want to take it. Uh, however, so so Ultra Despair Girls, the one that I just played, is not a straight visual novel like the other two games. It's something of a hybrid visual novel and a third-person shooter, and it's. I, I just think that the shooting is bad. It's not. Mm. It's not a. It's not a fun game necessarily. It tells a very interesting story that I wanted to experience, but I didn't care about the actual shooting part. It's just not. It's just not that fun. It's like if you can imagine, it's it's a Resident Evil Four style shooter, like over the shoulder, um, and it it controls very much like that. But you're playing as as Nagi's sister, who's not a fighter by any means. She's just a quote unquote ordinary girl, which is a point that they hammer into your brain, uh, because everybody in Danganronpa has a special talent. They're all known as the ultimate such and such thing, and that's why they're right. all chosen <laughs> to participate in this weird yeah. Game. I mean, Stephen saying that when he played it, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's not an ultimate anything. She's just a regular girl. The only reason why she's important is because she's the sister of the main character of the previous game. Um, but she has this this thing called the hacking gun. It looks like a megaphone, and it shoots electromagnetic waves that disable these Monokuma robots. And some of the way that they work that into the story is kind of goofy, like the villains are children right so it'd be kind of messed i think if you were going to be murdering children so instead they all have giant robots that they fight you with during the boss fights and you have sure. to okay. shoot those with your hacking gun right so it's like okay um and i there is another character who you play as but that's uh, sort of a spoiler if you haven't beaten danganronpa one so oh, um, oh yeah. this is one of the survivors from danganronpa yeah one of the survivors yeah so so the, the shooting part of the game isn't very fun. Um, as a result, I would say that I would never play this game again just because I don't think it's fun. Like, the replayability of visual novels is, is completely subjective, I would say, because it's basically like rereading a book. Um, Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls, I wouldn't re-experience just because 
the story parts are sort of cut with these not so fun shooting segments. And I wouldn't want to have to deal with that again to get that story again. However, the ratio is something like 70% visual novel to 30% shooter, maybe a little bit more shooter, but like 35%. I don't know. Um, but I think it's, it, it was definitely worth experiencing. It is thematically darker than the first game for sure. And probably on par or possibly really? even darker than two. Oh yeah. It's mess. Two's darker than one. Yeah. Oh, you, don't man. Th- you don't think so, or you haven't played it? No, I haven't played two. Or, or oh yeah, two is way but, um, darker than one by the end. Oh yeah. man, well I mean, <clears throat> um, one one is dark as all get out. Yeah, so I, there. I, I mean, two takes it a step further. If you consider that your the the antagonists of this game are children and they're all complete psychopaths, so things have happened to them that are not okay, and they don't really mince words. It's like, oh yeah, this 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 is a victim of 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 child abuse, like. This child experienced sexual assault, and we'll talk about it. Like, it it is not okay. It's it's hard to deal with, but um, huh. it's a very interesting story. I, I marathoned it over the last couple of days. Beat it. Um, there is the the ending sequence in particular is basically like, oh yeah, stuff's gonna happen in Danganronpa three that's gonna be related to this no matter what. So I, I had heard some people chatting about, oh, can I skip that since it's kind of a spinoff and we already know what happens in two. I would say no. At the very least, if you don't want to play the game because it's a shootery type game, you should probably look up the plot. Although this is always going to be better experienced as the as the actual game. Um, but overall, if if you're a fan of the Danganronpa series, I would cautiously recommend it. Just know that it's kind of a tepid shooter with a good story. And, okay, and I it's also, dark. <laughs> I, I also have to wonder Despair. because there there are shooting gallery elements in the first Danganronpa because during the, I mean, if this was a Phoenix Wright game, you would call them the courtroom sequences. You literally shoot testimony with word bullets of evidence. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I run my life. I mean, right. (laughs) So I mean, part of me wonders this guy loves shooting gallery games and incorporating shooting elements into places that where shooting elements are a little odd. Right. But no, it's it's. I mean, it's interesting. I definitely want to play it before Don Gun Rampa Three comes out. I just it'll for me. It's a matter of time and budget. Right. I just I think that it's very much built around a gimmick rather than having that gimmick fit the game. If that makes sense. Like I said, with the boss battles and everything, it's it's very clear that they took this whole. Uh, we're gonna have you shoot robots with a hacking gun thing and worked their narrative around it in some ways. However, it doesn't necessarily feel unnatural. It's just kind of weird. Like why, really, mm-hmm. more than anything. So yeah, it's it's uh it is a game full of despair, as its name might imply. So. Well, I'm I'm gonna need something to play and during my Christmas break and my spring break. I teach three days. There are three actual teaching days in March. The rest of March is a vacation for me this year. Sweet. Nice. I guess you can finally start up Shadow Hearts. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Be careful, though. If you play Danganronpa during that break, you might start having thoughts of how to kill children. So well, That's why I watch oh, Battle okay. Royale all the time, oh, okay. is whenever it, kids really start to irritate me. <laughs> Battle Royale is one thing that Danganronpa gets compared to quite often. Okay. okay. I'm okay. I loved reading Battle Royale. I thought the book was excellent. I really. I think you would like it. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for how many years now, Rob? Like four or five? Too many. (laughs) Yeah, so whenever we bring up a game, I think I have a pretty good barometer of whether or not you would like it. Just saying. So I think you'd like it. barometer. Yeah, the the barometer? I like it. I like it. Beautiful. A-plus portmanteau. That That was amazing. That's the new feature on RPT Fan, folks. The barometer says... Well, we're definitely going to need something to play because uh, the winter just got uh, a heck of a lot emptier. Uh, 
percent. Oh, we all knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, it just. I held out hope. Summer 2016. I, I, it would have been super cool if they did the whole like, yep, it's totally completed, and yep, it's about to release, and you don't know crap about it. Yeah, it's, it's out like, yeah. next week. I mean, that would have been an ultimate. And it's out drop. right now. So Persona 5 has been delayed until the summer in Japan. Hopefully, we get it around the same time in America. Again, I, I think that we all kind of knew this was going to happen. They'd been so cagey about it. Um, but again, if this results in a better game, I'm not that upset. And also. Guys, Fallout 4 is still coming out. Like, I, I we Xenoblade have too Plus. many games. Yeah, and Xenoblade. Mm-hmm. And well, two Trails games. That's what I said. Yes. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry, games. There is too much already out, so I'm okay with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a packed season, so I, as much as I don't want Persona 5 to be delayed, because that's going to be amazing, I, I, I'll have stuff to play. I'll be okay. Yeah. Like, Trails games, especially. Well, now I have Rampa to play. So, I mean, I'm... I was almost feeling overwhelmed with what we have had this year. I mean, everybody talks about the, the <laughs> best years in video gaming. You know, 2001 comes up, 2004 comes up. I, I think 2015 is... Dear Christ, is it up there. Like, yeah. it, you know, and they've come out sporadically. Like, the, the games have not all been front-loaded to the fall... The games have been coming out all over the place. So, you know, we, we had Bloodborne in March. You know, now we have a freaking Metal Gear game to play right now. Fallout's still coming out. Like, this is just... Witcher came out. This, this has been a crazy you, year. I was gonna say. Yeah, no, it's been a crazy year. Even if you just count the RPGs, it's been an insane year. Yep. But it's it stings a little bit. It stings a little bit. It does. They uh they just released the opening movie. I haven't watched it yet. I woke up to oh, that. The music is so good. Well, it's, 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 Persona, not, yeah. So. Yeah, it's not the full opening movie. Um, the, I think it, it's a little weird. They in they intercut parts of the opening movie with um scenes in the recording studio, uh, and okay. I th- I think um prob- probably the Pro- final version of the movie is gonna have like all right that, yeah. all the characters yeah. in it. Well, and right now we remember- yeah. When they uh, released the first PV, it was only the, it was only the first four characters. First. Yeah, and then they like, added the fifth one in this new cut. Yeah, so okay, I think I you're right. That makes sense. And plus, I mean, all, all the main characters in Persona 4 are in the uh, the opening the opening uh, cinematic of Persona 4. So yeah. okay. have they said how many characters are going to be in this game? We have. We do no, not. Know. I don't want to know. Okay. We I want not. more girls. Yeah, that's I what I do that. know. And I do want more girls. and then and the new guy looks just like June from Persona 2. Yeah, and he's wearing like a Donny Osmond jumpsuit and a bedazzled fox mask. <laughs> and it's Love like, oh, it. Okay, okay, this is interesting. But um, I mean, I'm still holding out for a you know a someone in a jo- in a Joshi mask or a luchador mask. So oh there's still there's God. still a chance. There's still a chance. It just it looks so it. damn good. It yes. looks so damn good. And I, take take your time with it. Atlas, please take your time. We, we oh, will yeah. wait patiently. We will the, um, understand. Honestly, I think what I'm most excited about is they're showing more and more of the variety that exists in the dungeons. Yeah! Like, this trailer had them, like, jumping into paintings and moving, like, side-scroller-wise through paintings. Yeah. And, and, and escaping a crumbling pyramid with, like, being yep. chased by an Indiana Jones giant boulder. Yep. Yeah. The creativity just seems to be off the chart in this game, and I'm all for And from a series that is generally pretty creative to start with, I'm like, yes, please, more. But I'm, and, with, I'm with Derek, though. I don't want to know anymore. Like, and, I, I'm just like, let's uh, just get this game I'm out. good. I know enough. I don't even want to know the full cast, to be honest with you. Like, yeah. it's, it's impossible mm-hmm. to avoid this kind of media 
the media blasts when they come out because they're so widely publicized and because they come so infrequently. But I would be I would be fine. I don't need to actually know anything else. Like this is good. I, it would be so cool to open up Persona Five, start it, and not have any idea that it had something like the text messaging system that you, they showed in the trailer, or to know that you could jump into paintings, or to not even know who two or three of the playable characters are. Like, I want that. I want that kind of experience. It's not going to be possible, probably, since we <laughs> write for a gaming news outlet, but um, I'm going to do my best to it, not overexpose myself to media. This sounds crazy, but um, it's refreshing to see a JRPG that where characters use cell phones like actual cell phones. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like how there's like there's a fake Twitter in uh in Tokyo Xanadu and there's you see the characters texting each other about yeah. the quest or something in this. That's that's really refreshing to me. And one thing that's a minor mind blow to me, um this isn't really a spoiler. Uh Hoshino, the director of Persona 5 said that um part of the reason they're it's being delayed is cuz they want it to have more content than Persona 3 or 4. Mm-hmm. Oh god. So yeah. this amazing. Is, so this is going to be on par with, or perhaps longer than both of those games, and they're which both is crazy. Long. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't pe- think I can handle that. <laughs> I mean, when you when you describe Persona Three or Four to someone, it's like, yeah, conservatively, you'll play this for eighty hours. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is going to be more. I, I'm okay I, with but, this. But, uh, <sighs> it's overwhelming, <sighs> and I I really hope it comes out in America next summer. Not just because I'm a school well, teacher, it's and it's supposed I'd to, be to be a play. simultaneous release. Yeah. It yeah. Would, it would be really nice. I really want to play that game. That If that's going to be my summer game like The Witcher was, I am totally on board. And this feels like the first Persona game where Atlas is really aware of how popular these are. Yeah. So there's, there's, a, yeah, there's going to be a massive marketing push. All of the voice actors in it are, are like top shelf ones. I mean, Pikachu is voicing Morgana. Uh, mm. <laughs> and, or Ikue Otani, whatever. But, uh-huh, yeah. and, um, and they, they already announced a Persona 5 anime. They they are going to you know hit us with the media sledgehammer. Yeah, and that one was uh, that was announced as we don't know if it's going to be a full series or if it's just going to be like a, a short slash preview. Yeah, like they, they just, they just said Persona Five anime could be a one I, episode OVA for all we know. Yeah, I kind of hope it's more like <laughs> uh, the Tales of Zestiria prelude OVA thing because I I wouldn't want an entire series released concurrently because I. It's going to be, be the Ninja Gaiden OVA from the 80s. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> my God. That would be amazing. Uh, yeah, back when OVAs, really had, to make it OVAs had to be ridiculously violent and show boobs. That's what it's going to be. Just boobs for random reasons. You guys remember that in the old Vampire Hunter D one? Where like the guy just reaches for the girl's shirt and her boob just flops out. And it's like, yeah, the, we, we, we had to do that. Why? I don't know. We, Spe- we just did. Yeah, speaking of boobs for random reasons, uh, VanillaWare announced a new game, too. And there's there seems to be a distinct lack of boobs. I'm okay with this. Yeah, they yeah. they all seem to be reasonably proportioned students for the most part yeah. in a weird maybe post-apocalyptic like yes. Japanese metropolis with giant robots. What's this thing for, called? For Evangelion, it's, it's whatever. Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Yeah, we're just throwing everything that we have about giant mecha together. You might as well just call it Evangelion Shinji Pacific Rim. But it looks so pretty. It does. It does look really good. Oh, and now yeah. that's Vita and PlayStation 4? Is I, that what they said? I think so. I don't remember, actually. I can't remember. I, I don't know. I should it know. sounds right. It um, looks cool, though. And, and again, I love that art style. It's just when it's used in the way... We've talked a million times about it. Yeah. When it's been used in that way that it was in Dragon's Crown, it was distracting, and I think it took away from what was a very fun game. But, I mean, it still has that sort of 2D, sort of uh, 
like multi-layer. You can tell, you can sort of see the layers of environment and character and stuff. It looks and, fantastic. Yeah, it, it looks like Murasame or Odin Sphere, but it, yeah, man, it's so cool and stylish, and the environments are just the city is just gorgeous, and yep. uh, yeah, I cannot wait it's, to see more of that thing. It captures that because there, there's that. Uh, end of summer the cicadas are chirping sort of sunset feel that mm-hmm. a lot of anime does mm-hmm. and i think that's one of those those pieces of scenery that are so evocative of japan that are very i i hesitate to use the word exotic because i know it has problematic connotations but it, it is very exotic to the western audience and i think that persona 4 was one of the first games i remember that was set in a modern setting that actually had that kind of ambiance and did it presented it well and compellingly and I think that this game yeah. has well a you similar... feel like you feel like you're in Japan and that's kind yeah. of the point isn't it and as people who you know we're all Americans here you know unless Mike's Canadian speak for yourself uh, but we're, we're we're all Americans here so you know our exposure to Japan is obviously going to be a little bit different so you know I I get what you're saying Derek but also we want games to embrace that i mean there's a reason why i love you know the school days style anime is because that's a lifestyle that i've i've never really gotten accustomed to until i started teaching at a boarding school and then i started to experience that a little bit i mean i teach at and even then not boarding, yeah you do boarding schools are not exactly a commonplace in america so right. it's yeah. not like right so everybody's just, gonna have that experience do you seriously think i'm canadian I, I just was making a joke. Okay. Uh, from the nation's capital. <laughs> okay, everybody cover your ears, because it is the uh, Bloodborne Limit. Uh, Bloodborne Limit. Blood, Bloodborne Minute. Damn it. Uh, Bloodborne DLC, The Old Hunters. Lots of new weapons, lots of new environments. Looks absolutely fantastic. I am I am so on board. I am you, can so- ta- you can talk about Bloodborne when it's when it's directly relevant to news yeah. and yes. like guilt free. So, yeah. What I'm excited about is I think that I think the number one complaint that game had was that there wasn't enough variety because the weapons were so drastically different. It kind of hampered build diversity because there weren't that many of them. I think that adding apparently 10 new trick weapons, which almost doubles the amount in the game and the new environments. And they, they're talking about some of the ways that they're looking at the chalice dungeons and how they want to change them in updates down the road. I think that game could. It, I love that game, and I I loved it more than Dark Souls because I think it's way more playable than Dark Souls in a lot of ways. But I understand the complaints people had about it. I loved it. I think more is is really good. And guess what? I still find that DLC to be way more interesting than anything I've seen for Dark Souls Three. I'm sorry. Like every I've watched every video for Dark Souls Three, and I still I just cannot get it up for that game. Did we learn anything really important about Dark Souls Three from TGS? Not really, not really. Uh, except it's got it's got a mana really meter sick. now. It's, oh, okay. You now have mana, like in Demon Souls. They they got rid of uh, the charges that you would have on spells. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that game's gonna be amazing. Maybe maybe it's gonna really surprise me. But I just still complete lack of excitement for that game. Me too. Damn, do you need some pills or something, Rob? Pills here? No, it just—I uh, don't know. It—it just—it um, just ain't doing it for me right now. Uh, and maybe, maybe it will. I'm—I'm I'm really excited for when it finally, when we finally get to see it. I'm excited. 
Yeah. But but for right now, it's just not uh, it's not doing it for me. Uh, but Bloodborne looks great. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's coming out at just the right time. I really recommend people play that game with a buddy because of how easy they've made it to co-op with people using the password system. My buddy Nathan and I have played through almost all of Bloodborne together, and that's something I couldn't. Yeah, but the old Souls that, that removes. I think that removes a, a crucial element of the experience for a lot of people. Like that, Steven doesn't want to do that, and I think there are a lot of people like that. That is 100% true. But now my my only counter to that is when the game has been out for a long period of time and the community is kind of dead, I think you're going to want the ability to play with people that you know. Like, the community for Demon Souls is dead. And I would I would really like to be able to play that game with, like, some buddies of mine. I love the ambiguity. I agree with you, Derek, but I think that this is long-term thinking on their part. Like, make sure that people can still go back and play this game. Like, because of the way Demon Souls has been built around its aspect of community with the community being dead, there's no reason to play it anymore. Well, I don't think I don't think anyone's complaining about how they opened it up. It's nice to have options, but yes, right. it's people, you know, people like Steven are probably going to want to play it by, on their own regardless of whether or not you can team at someone who's like 100 levels higher than you Steven's, just because Steven's going to play it blindfolded with a beer in one hand and then talk about how the game's not hard. Like that's what he's going to do. Cuz <laughs> Steven's just way better at video games than I am. Like of course, we're, I'm complaining about Metal Gear, and he's like, well, actually, I didn't have a problem with the skulls. I found them to be very intense. Shut up, Steven. They were <laughs> terrible. They, they are awful. <laughs> but we love Steven. Yes. <laughs> we miss him. Are you sure? It doesn't sound like it. No. And we love Kingdom Hearts 2.8, no, dear Christ, why? <laughs> I want to play the Aqua Prologue, but I mean, that's... <laughs> oh, my God. That a... name is No, just... because isn't, it, isn't the, the Aqua part rendered in the engine for 3? Is it not? I I, I don't know, dude. I can't I can't keep this all together. I just think that what they're doing is they're cheating at Scrabble and throwing boggle letters in at the same time. Like, <laughs> I just I just don't care. Anymore. I do think it is kind of BS that uh, I mean, two point eight really didn't wasn't there a trademark or something for two point nine and then two point eight was revealed and then people were like, I, I think there's yeah, gonna be a, the, so there's gonna be another thing that's two point nine oh before three. Why? Why? Oh, like, eight, eight. I I have defended some of Square Enix's more boneheaded naming conventions <laughs> like this video. <laughs> but just like really piss off <laughs> yeah i was a little disappointed I, there was a lot of rumors going around that we were going to get uh maybe the 1.5 and 2.5 hd remixes on playstation 4 i was kind of keeping my fingers crossed mm-hmm. for that i was because that would have been kind of a really good deal to put well, maybe that's 2.9 rob oh for god's sake <laughs> no that's true right you know that's what they're gonna do just to yeah. make my life a living hell. Why don't you rebuy all these things that you already bought on PS2 and then PS3? Buy more! Buy more! Have another we all know someone who would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same someone. <laughs> he, he is single-handedly keeping Square Enix together. I, I, was, a little, I was a little upset that there was no, uh, no new Dragon Quest XI stuff. Like, they showed Dragon Quest Minecraft, and that, yeah. that's but they didn't... Uh, no Dragon Quest Eleven, that that bummed me out, and yeah. still no Dragon Quest in America talk. They did meant, I think That's, they did, uh, they did announce one other Dragon Quest thing, but it was a, uh, they're doing a complete version of Ten that just has sort of more of the DLC stuff baked in. I think it's for PS4. Uh, yeah, there was something in their live stream. I didn't watch it. But it, but you're right. There's no um, there's no meaningful new Dragon Quest Eleven content. And I, I I have a suspicion that's because the game's a little ways off, and they just want to space out the reveals for it a little bit. 
But that's just me rationalizing it because I'm really sad there wasn't any Dragon Quest XI stuff. You know what? So something that I was realizing the other day, um, and Games Radar actually did an article sort of addressing this a little bit, it was when they announced that, is it Final Fantasy VI on Steam? Which one did they just put on Steam? Five. They just put five on Steam. Oh, and it's the really ugly, washed-out sprites. And and this is what I wanted to talk about a little bit here. What? There are so many different versions. There's like the... There's the uh, 3D graphics version of Final Fantasy IV. There's the one done with sprite graphics. There's now this washed-out version of Final Fantasy V. They have released so many different versions of these games that now I have to, like, do research on which one I want. This one has an extra dungeon, but this one has the After Years DLC for... I can't keep this all together. Like, this is getting too much. This, the solution is not to play the after years, but um, but I, 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 I'm with yeah, I'm I'm with you that especially for FF4, there's just so many versions of this stuff out, and you need to like read two Wikipedia articles to find out what version I, you want to play. I really don't like that. Like, I really, really do not. And I know why it's happening. It's because we've they've been remaking these games for multiple consoles, going all the way back to the PlayStation One. So I I understand it. But it's getting ridiculous now, and it's like, oh, this version is on Steam, but this well, is not just, the, this is the other version. I like, don't understand why they would choose to release like I, I would say an objectively inferior version on Steam. It's it's a version that was designed for mobile that looks like crap on a big screen that has less functionality than say Advance. Yeah, it, I, I I don't I I think it has it has the new classes that they added in Advance, but I. It it probably doesn't have the same translation. I just don't. I don't understand. I just find why it wouldn't tr- they, Why wouldn't they even reuse the same translation? I don't know. I, I could be wrong on that, but I feel I, I like this is a worse that. version, and I don't get why they would pick that over the the version that I would say objectively includes more content, but also the would, fans like that one better. Which version were you, would you be talking about? Five Advance is if, if okay. we're talking five. That, okay. That's the best version of that game. <sighs> I I, just, I I bet it was just. Hmm. I bet they went with the least expensive option, or the maybe the people that made FF5 Mobile were willing to port it to PC, and there'd be more work involved for the. I don't know. That's just all speculation. Right. But it, it is a bummer that you know I that like FF a good version of FF5 on Steam is something I would consider buying, but right, I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to play this nasty ass weirdo pastel sprites version. Yeah, right. I wouldn't buy that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, I know it's a weird complaint, but there are so many different versions of these re-released games that I just wish that they would get their act together a little bit and make it easy for me to buy them. Or just let me play more Dragon Quest, please. Like <laughs> release like a collection. Release all the DS games as a collection. Remember how I, I said when please. I was when I was in West Virginia, I managed to track down a copy of one of the I think it was Dragon Quest Six. Why not just release a collection for DS of all the DS games? done like yeah. uh, you know you could charge quite a bit of money for it if you wanted to like you could charge 80 bucks for a nice collection like that like just oh, do it 80, but, but yeah, well, i'm just saying that, that on 3ds for phoenix right yeah you can do it like why why are we making it difficult for me to play these games you know i, I don't know that, that that's one of the reasons why i have been leaning a little bit more digital lately yeah i think i think the answers to those questions are it's expensive and please be patient <laughs> Or please, uh, please understand. Please look right. forward yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but, know, I'm, uh, I'm having a hard time understanding. Especially since I think uh, at least one of those Dragon Quest DS games are get they're getting hard to find. Either four or five, I I think is I think really impossible to find now. Yeah, four, yeah, five but, I think is the really hard one. Like, 
I managed to track it down one time, but I didn't pull the trigger on it. I think it was like close to the yeah. wedding, and I wanted to save money. Even the the guide for five is rare and expensive. <laughs> like I remember because I actually I had that guide and I sold it uh, on eBay for a substantial and, I mean, sum. This Amazon, is my personal opinion, but I think bucks. I think five is the best of the three. But that, that uh, but it's. It's five. Yeah, it's, it's you can recruit bummer. monsters. Is that the one that I'm remembering? Or y- no. yes. Well, um, five is yes. Five is the one where monster recruiting started, and five through seven all let you do that, and then eight had their okay, own monster right. recruit you're system. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and it's sort of funny. Like um, Dragon Quest Five monster recruitment was, I don't I don't know if it predated Pokemon or happened like the same year as Pokemon, but yeah, that's when monster recruiting and RPGs became a thing. You could say. And uh, then the Dragon Quest Monster series came in the wake of five and six. But in but, in five, crucially, you still have a cast of uh, actual characters. Y- you do, but there's only like seven of them, and you get more than half of them in the last part of the game. So monster recruitment is really important for filling out your party in the first, say, two thirds of Dragon Quest Five. But yeah, we don't we don't need to talk about Dragon Quest Five. We want more Dragon Quest in the U.S. That's or yes, not just the U.S. We want more Dragon Quest. In Canada Period. and Europe and everywhere. No, the Canadians Japan. don't want it. The Canadian the Canadians have healthcare. They don't need Dragon Quest. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> all right, absolutely ridiculous. I'm not. I have... prescribe Dragon Quest. <laughs> no, we, you know, we yeah, just, I go to that doctor. We just hired a Canadian to be one of our new social media editors, but she hates Dragon Quest. So you see, know, I told you, I told you, <laughs> they're evil people with their flappy heads like on South Park. I've been telling you that oh, they hate fun. They're like Steve, maybe Steven's Canadian. Maybe that's what, what we've gotten wrong this entire time, is that Steven is Canadian. we got to find out if Steph's really good at video games. Uh, I'm not about to, yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with people from Canada, but... To yeah. just no, I'm ready to throw that gauntlet down, all right? I, I'm you know, you that... seem to think I was from Canada until, you, like, 20 Yeah, that was ago. like a veiled... Yeah. You damn social justice warriors. I, I'm telling you right now, Canada will be the downfall of Western civilization. Oh, <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, because the rest, rest of Russell's civilization will fall and Canada will be the only thing left. Yes, that's probably what's going to happen because they're so damn polite. That's what you this know, all comes uh, down to. I, uh, yeah, I, I, studied, I studied environmental sciences in college, and one of my professors used to joke that because China's water resources are depleting and becoming contaminated very, very quickly, and Canada has all these glaciers and lakes and more water resources than any other nation in the world, he jokingly predicted that China would invade Canada by 2025. Nice. And <laughs> that, that it struck me as hilarious, but also vaguely possible. It's the start so. of fallout. <laughs> China evades Canada to steal their glaciers. All right, so what else do we have to talk about from TGS? Um, oh, God. Uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. please look forward to it. <laughs> whole well, bunch of um, random Vita stuff, like this Project Setsuna thing. Oh, yeah. That's, Which looks that's good. Also, I heard yeah. Chrono Trigger being thrown around with that, and I was like, really? Is, really, we're going to start that already? Is Setsuna multi-platform? Is it Vita only, or is it PS4 Vita? I, I think it's Vita only. I, I want to find our news story about it, but there's so oh. much. There's so much. Uh, it is. It is PS4 CGS and news. Vita. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. But yeah. It looks like it's a snowy environment. Uh, really nice to look at. It, it's Square Enix's new RPG dedicated studio that they they formed a couple years ago, and um, they compared it to Chrono Trigger because the encounters are all in environment, and they don't they don't cut to a separate battle scene. And mm-hmm. it's also turn-based, so that you know that will remind people of Chrono Trigger. Uh, but it looks really cool. It looks uh, nice, yeah. The music's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It has a, a formal name now. Uh, Ikenie Toyuki no Setsuna. Yep. 
It's like Brilliant. snow, snow and sacrifice something Setsuna. Snow sacrifice. Snow <laughs> oh no! No! It was right there. It was right there. I had you to. You beat me to it. I'm oh, man. Fresh meat. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the brilliant. entire like opposite feeling from that game to this one. Like, yeah. yeah, this is all pretty anime characters walking through a, a cute little snowy environment, and now snow as soul sacrifice is different. <laughs> I love snow sacrifice. I think Game everybody loves snow sacrifice. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I, I think um, I've, I think I've met, I think I've accidentally mentioned Ace Attorney like four times in this podcast, but they gave him new details in Ace Attorney Six. Yeah, cool. And it's it's crazy. They he goes to a foreign country where mediums determine the guilty verdicts, and he has to show them the the error of their ways or something. It's, Hasn't he been it looks using crazy. medium for years? Yes. They, I, the, the Phoenix Wright ghost trick guy really likes spirits in the afterlife. And spirits incorporates big boobs. That's what and, he likes. Sure. And well, he incorporates them in a lot of weird ways. But like the, the shtick of this game is um, you, get, you get to see the final moments of each murder victim and then you have to use evidence and real world stuff to prove that you know, to prove your client's innocence. It looks cool. I like the Phoenix Wright games. I will probably buy that. I do too. I love the oh, Phoenix yeah. Wright games. I didn't I it. never did play the uh the whale murderer DLC for five. Oh god. Yeah, oh, it's like that? <laughs> No, it's like an orca dies in fake sea world and you have to find out the murder of that. It's it's a six dollar or five dollar DLC. Yeah. It's you know, it was alright. Um it was not as good as the main story of five, but you know, it's more Phoenix Wright. We uh, and just because we we did, I was gonna say we glossed over it a little bit, but uh, Final Fantasy 15 they did put out that that extended cut Dawn trailer, which didn't show a whole lot of new stuff, but um, Luna looks cool. Luna. They finally showed her doing something other than sitting and or looking vulnerable. Did they put clothes on Sid yet? They didn't show anything. They didn't show Sid at all. Sydney. Yeah, let me let me know when they put clothes on Sid. They did actually. They put out a piece of concept art in the last day or so that showed uh, young King Regis with Sid. And uh, General Core, who was another important character, fighting together in some conflict uh, prior to the start of 15th story. So Sid is a character, and have they confirmed that it's Sidney's dad, or is he just somebody else? I do not know. Okay. Uh, well, I think they've, they've at least alluded to that, because they, they've said something like, Sidney's father is a, is a famous recurring Final Fantasy character who you'll recognize. So, unless they're just screwing... Boko the Chocobo. Yeah, it's... Nice. <laughs> She was raised by Chocobos. Yep. So yeah, that that new trailer looks cool. Uh, Luna was looking particularly badass, so I'm excited to see what she does. And they they showed new concept art of her as well. Uh, she's kind of uh, she's taking a spear. It looks like from this other important character. They just revealed her name. Fine. Yeah. And uh, what is it? It's something with a G. Gen- well, I don't know how it's pronounced. Gentiana? Or is yeah. it supposed to be Gentiana? Or, or Gentiana? Yeah. That, yeah. That's so she has so, a name. Yep, so she's there, and uh, she looks like she is a character. <laughs> There's, they haven't really shown anything for her yet. But so yeah, late Luna's next year. Uh, yeah, it's it's next year for sure, they've said. but It's late next year. I'm, I'm very excited for, for Final Fantasy. Well, they... After after episode Duskai 2.0, all of my my worries are gone. Well, they also After- showed a, a Chocobo trailer, yes. which is oh, so Sid, so Sydney's dad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get to ride Sydney's dad. Long wow. and I'm not going to finish that right. phrase. No, but, I, yeah, I mean, so, 
Do we have any art of Sydney's dad? Hold on, let me look. This is getting really bad. <laughs> I mean, if he's in that that concept art with uh, Regis, then if he's do, the guy but... on the right. Then I'm I'm not a huge fan of how he looks a little bit like uh, Steven Universe's dad, but that's okay. I don't know if he's supposed to be the guy on the right or the guy on the left, but yeah. Um, so there are chocobos you can ride, and they're supposed to be chocobo racing. Wait, no wait chocobo a second, breeding. Wait, so so you think you can ride this chocobo? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I do. And you can drift on chocobos. Better, better pony. It chocobo. was the most inexplicable thing I think I saw in that entire video that all of a sudden the chocobo just careens and goes in the opposite direction. But yeah, chocobo drift. I love Final Fantasy 15 Chokyo drift. So that just sounds amazing. I'm kind of excited now. Fast Final Furious Fantasy Chocobo drift. <laughs> Less fast, more furiousers. No, the the Akatai report was actually a much, much, much better than the Gamescom, the anemic Gamescom one. Uh, the Q and A, lot of good questions, um, some interesting details that they revealed through the questions. Like, oh my uh, god, the sunroof closes when it rains. <laughs> 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 this is a fantasy based on reality. Oh, oh. It's in my eyes. The goggles do nothing. Oh god, these are important details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but also, like, speaking of Luna, it was good to actually get some information on who Luna is and yes. what she does. Like, she's an oracle of sorts, and she's revered for being able to talk to the gods, and that sort of explains her position in the world and why I she's do... kind of important. Yes, I like that. I do feel like, um, because every time they've talked about Luna so far, they've said... Rest assured, she's an extremely powerful woman. And they're, I feel like they're kind of trying to counter the argument of, like, oh, why is the, the main playable cast only guys? And so every time they talk about Luna, they're like, but please believe us, she is a strong woman. And it's Don't like, worry, okay, she's got boobs, we promise. Show, show me what, what makes her strong, show me what makes her compelling. Don't just keep telling me she, you know, it's like you can't just say, this is a good character, don't worry. You have to actually show me. So this, Yeah, and plus, this, I mean, they, they uh, they're you know, covering their butts a little bit because they rightfully received a lot of criticism for the comments of how it being like a, you know, like a road game of with dudes driving together. And then people are asking, well, are there women in this game at all? And this is almost like a reaction to that. No, no, no. Here's, here's the cool lady in this game and good on them for showing it. No, and, I can appreciate and, that. And it's having Luna finally... look really cool, but it's, it, it yeah, feels like a reaction. was when they finally... Proved that though is what I'm saying. Like they finally, yeah. came, they followed through and showed us like something. The, that the fact that they juxtapose Noctis and Luna, showing their pasts and them present as equal, sort of you know half and half co-characters, has yeah. me really hopeful That's for good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, she's I not agree. just going to be like this side character. She's no, she's like a co-lead almost is what I got from this trailer. So yes. I'm excited about that. Don't worry, we have women and they will be surely objectified. We got you covered this time, all right? And they'll be wearing clothes. All right, yay! Be interesting if like Great. half the half the game was Noctis's group trying to drive to meet Luna, and the other half is like Luna's activities where she is as the. Wouldn't it be amazing or... if they pulled a Metal Gear Solid two on us and like oh, half no. the game you play as Luna? <laughs> See, I, now that I would love. I would be okay with that. super okay with that. If it turns out that, <laughs> she looks super cool from that trailer. If it turns out that you play as Luna in Final Fantasy XV, I'm going to be so happy. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, calm down, Craig. I'm I'm doing what I can. Uh, I'm just waiting for all the internet videos of Holiday Road from uh, National Lampoon's Vacation as they drive around. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that'll be really funny. Come on. (laughs) Okay, so uh, winter 2016, 2017, believe. That's that's what we're saying right now. Right. Well, that's what you're saying. I, I think you're probably right, though. They're going to announce the release date in March, so... An announcement of an announcement! It won't, it won't be any earlier than that, obviously. This is in character for Square Enix. Yes, it is. Yes. I mean, you can't be that mad at them. Oh, Square I mean, Enix, be, never change! Be, never change! And, yeah. and, well, Only yeah, give us 12 in HD. No, no, do it. Don't, yes. don't waste your time on such trash. We don't... We don't hey! Whoa! said it. You I said it. We were all right thinking off. it. As, we as thinking it. Well, Holy okay. Rob? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if they fix all of the problems with 12, I will be on board. Yeah, uh, well, it'll be the Zodiac job story. Uh, they, gotta, they gotta fix the story. They have to fix the boring environments. What? Uh, I'm sorry, okay? I really, environments want are like not boring. I really want to like that game. We just finished having a conversation on how they remake everything multiple times, and now you're saying they shouldn't remake this thing that's never been remade. No, no, no. If they want to release it, that's fine. I'm not that interested in it. That game has more problems than just the job system, in my opinion. Like... Well, I'm inclined to agree with you, and uh, I I think that FF12 is a really interesting in a lot of ways, and flawed in other ways, but I, I I would be curious to see how the job system improves upon the license board. Definitely for sure. I think it is a remarkable failure, but at least they tried something. And I think that maybe if they had been allowed to finish that game, not unlike another high-profile game that doesn't really seem to be finished, it could have been, it could have been something very impressive. Uh, I'm, example of 12 is not nearly as bad as that game you're talking about. Okay, that, about. that may be true. That that Yeah, okay. Like, 12 hey, has an ending. First of all, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five and how it does okay. not end. Oh, okay. Uh, sorry. It, it just surprised. doesn't end. Uh, no, I mean twelve is it is a, it's an example of the game of a game that's like not perfect, but we still love it anyway. I think there's so much charisma to the the setting um, and the, yeah. the the dialogue and everything that that people like Caitlin and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Caitlin and I will always rep the uh, FF12 fan club uh, right, Bosch for life. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what yes. I'm going to get to is you both it's... Bosch fanboys. That's what this is, okay? Internet high five, so, Derek. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's definitely a flaw game, but I, it's still one of my favorites. I, I am not ashamed to admit that I'm a Bosch fangirl. He's my favorite Final Fantasy character, so I yeah, like I like him. I, I... Our, uh, our news editor, Josh Curry, adores FF12 and really wants to have it on Retro Encounter. I really. Oh. It's, wish, I think it's his favorite Final Fantasy. I just wish that game would stop putting the interesting characters as guest characters, because the main cast just stops doing anything of interest about midway through the game. I wouldn't say it's mostly like Vaughn and Pinello stop doing anything. Oh no, Boss kind of starts taking a back seat about midway through the game. Like it, it. I don't know. That game is weird. Yeah, so, I want Bosch DLC. I would take Bosch DLC. I would. I would. At yeah. least he doesn't have, you know, freaking Vaughn's scary seashell ribs. Like, I'd also <laughs> would take a director's cut where Bosch is the main character like he was supposed to. I am okay with that as well. Again, it's, it's, I, it's have, like I, I have heard at like various points of development, Balthier, Ash, and Bosch were all the main character. I, I don't even know what to believe There's anymore. three different games were going Well, <laughs> they are the three characters that impact the plot the most. The other three really don't. 
Yeah, Ash, Ash is ostensibly the main character after about, I don't know, a third of the way through. Yeah. So. Which I'm, I'm cool with. I like Ash a lot as well. She's, she's, uh, she's different because she's so angry, which yeah, is unusual. Is pissed. Yeah. I love it. It was a bit I of a surprise when she start when she started just being super like aggressive <laughs> in the yeah. last part of the game, like during the negotiations with the diplomat and stuff. It's but it was tired. <laughs> that was such a really cool way to sort of flip the gender stereotype on its head. It's not a guy who's seeking revenge for his you know wife or daughter or whatnot getting axed. No, it's a girl seeking revenge for her kingdom getting screwed. Well, and she also, bad. And she's also not using her sexuality to get what she wants. Like she's not, you know, cozying up to Bosch like, huh? Huh? She's not pulling a Circe uh, from uh, Game of Thrones, which I really like. That's another stereotype that would just be used over and over again in fantasy fiction, the the female character who's only getting what she wants because she gives those people sex. And yeah. instead, no, Ash is just a badass and you don't screw with her. I mean, outside of her outfit being kind of... Uh, yeah, she doesn't use it's her body hot. as a weapon. That was the excuse they've always used, is that it's hot in that world. <laughs> then, really? then they go to the mountains where it's not hot and it's like, damn, girl, put some pants on. I, Ash just comes out in sweatpants and a hoodie. That would be amazing. I'd be, I'd be totally on board for that. If Ash came out with sweatpants and a hoodie, I'd be so... And with no makeup and her and her hair not being perfect. Just like, you know what, I just that's, can't even. That's unlikely. I just can't even. You know, it's like first period class at 8 a.m. You really think I'm going to go out of my way to look good? Screw you. Like, come on. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to learn physics. Damn it. TGS. Uh... <laughs> Uh, they're remaking Final Fantasy Adventure Second Densetsu One again. Yeah, that, that, but it's. I think it looks. It's more in the spirit of the uh, original Game Boy release. Than yeah, I mean, I, I I loved that Game Boy game and didn't love Sword of Mana. So if this is actually good and I can play Me it on too. the Vita, then I would probably give it a shot. It seems fairly unlikely that it'll come out here, and if it does, I have a bad feeling it's going to be just the phone version and not the Vita oh. version. No. But I. It's again my my issue isn't that I necessarily hate phone games on principle. I just I abhor having to use a touch interface with virtual buttons for a game yep. that was designed to use for buttons. Like and that's this, not this is an action RPG that has I mean if I'm remembering the Game Boy game correctly some tricky boss fights. Yeah. So like like manipulating a touch a phone touch screen to do that kind of thing does not seem like a good idea but i mean and we, i don't even know if they showed any gameplay but the the art that they've shown for it looks really good and i have a lot of affection for the mana series even though they haven't had a good game in ages yeah true uh, cuz you know it's sort of sad like um secret of mana is great second Nintendo 3 is great and then from 1997 o- onward it's just been a bunch of Bad, bad games. You mean you didn't Mana. love Heroes of Mana, the weird ass uh, RTS for DS? Or Children of Mana, the weird ass giant tower action RPG, or Dawn of Mana, the absolute garbage Unreal Engine RPG. Right. I feel like it, Children of Mana was the closest we've gotten since then, and even then it was. No, that was. I. I mean, geez, I bought two of those and really regretted it but I, yeah. I, i'm almost worried that the series is going to fall by the wayside but maybe not if they keep doing remakes so whatever well i think uh, more, if more mana. adventure slash uh, if this second insetsu remake does well then maybe they'll realize that people like the mana series for being good action rpgs and they'll continue making games in that vein because isn't it 
isn't it the series anniversary of some sort, like 20th? I don't know. I, I thought That's we just a lot celebrated. of anniversaries right now, dude. It's the 20th oh, anniversary of Resident Evil. I couldn't get over that. Are you yeah. kidding me? No. Okay, it's got to oh be. Oh my god, I feel. Yeah. I don't. Oh, right. I don't know what year that came out. I'm curious now. See, I think that what everybody wants out of that Mana series, as somebody who has very limited exposure, is they want what Derek's saying, is they want a co-op role-playing game, and it seems like they just can't get that right. Uh, yeah, it's like they've forgotten what, what people wanted in this series, because as Mike mentioned, there was the, uh, Donna Mana was like, use the Unreal Engine to throw objects around, and Heroes of Mana was, you wanted to play StarCraft, but with Mana, right? Like, no, we, What? Speaking of not knowing what the fans want and Resident Evil, yeah, they announced another first-person shooter co-op game because that's what everybody. Because Operation Raccoon City was so great. I know. It, again, it's like this bizarro world of just like, are you guys listening or are you just getting like really rough translations of what we're saying? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. They said they don't want more of this. Holy crap, guys! We've been doing this wrong the whole time. Sounds like a Square Enix pre, I don't know, like three years ago. Or Square Enix at their E3 press conference. <laughs> okay, uh, I've, been doing, I've been doing some background research. Uh, uh, next year will be the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy Adventure Second and Setsu. Wow. And, and, and there, was some, there was some gameplay shown in a trailer for it that I just, it just slipped through the cracks because there were so many trailers from this weekend. Where's okay. Chrono Break? Can you link link that to me, Mike, would you? Uh, sure, well, yeah, we have a link on the... Um, oh. on the RPG fan front page. Okay, never mind. And I, but I had to, I had to, I had to dig a little deeper to find that it was the first one was 1991. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it looks neat. Um, the music's nice. Uh, it's still confusing whether it's a Final Fantasy game or not. I, I, it got so that whole mess of saga and Final Fantasy Adventure. I know. On game on Game Boy is really complicated to explain. Final Fantasy Legend, Final Fantasy Adventure. Neither of which are actually Final Fantasy. Well, I think, I think, Saiken and Setsu started out as Final Fantasy Guidance, Guidance, Saiken and Setsu, and then from after that it was just Saiken and Setsu blank. Yeah. But it, it, whatever, it's confusing. Kingdom Hearts isn't the only Japanese RPG series that has confusing nomenclature. <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. Yeah, like uh, Star Ocean Five. Integrity, Integrity and faithlessness. And faithlessness. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's wow. That That's sounds like title. two nouns from a Japanese English dictionary. I love Infinite Undiscovery. Right? Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> that game sucks. <laughs> you guys um, are you guys they, are cruel. They uh, gave us a new trailer that showed some exploration and combat. Looks super pretty. I want it. Uh, they also announced a release date. In Japan, it's going to come out February 25th uh, over there. So, uh, no word yet on when we're getting it. I think that, I don't that like seems, most that, that of seems the kind of designs soon. for that, though. Uh, yeah, well, I definitely don't like the ma- female mage who's wearing the. Well, what is she, she looks, wearing? Right, she looks like a like a suit of cards in person form. <laughs> like, she, yeah, she's it's, like a walking it's, diamond. I don't, some of them I like, others kind of remind me of the horribleness of Star Ocean 4, so... Yeah, it's, the designs are way more in tune with 4 than the previous game. I mean, they've always had multicolor characters, you know, characters with bright red and blue and pink hair, but this one seems a little bit beyond that. 
I mean, there's there's a, a dude with a blue beard, so I guess he's all right. <laughs> my biases are not evident whatsoever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was... the rest, they just look kind of funky. I don't know. Yeah. I'm still excited, though. I'm interested. They yeah, yeah. The battles look again. great. Yeah, bold prediction. It's going to have a lot of cool crafting and cool combat. Oh, man. What and it's going to have some sick battle tunes with probably, probably. power guitar. So. Yeah. It'll Sounds have about right. Battle music and okay, everything else music. Oh, but speaking of music, they announced uh, the Ultimate Box Edition, which is basically like oh their God. collector's edition. Yeah. Um, that contains, among other things, it has a little statue of Mickey, who is the uh, main character's childhood friend, art book, and has the entire soundtrack, postcards. And my favorite DLC that will change the music to other games in the series when you're playing. Oh, really? Yeah. I hope like, you can buy that separately. Me too. I, I, it's gonna it's gonna be expensive. It's gonna be like two hundred something plus dollars, I think. By yeah, the two, it's like it's uh, twenty five thousand yen, so yeah. about two hundred fifty bucks. Fifty thousand, yeah. So a little bit less because the dollar is uh, stronger than the yen right now. But that's yeah. really neat. Like in some of the Tales games, you by equipping costumes from other series, you can have music play from that game. Yeah, like, I that, basically I did that throughout Tales of Graces. I had um, one of the characters wearing a Tales of the Best costume because I couldn't stand the rest of the battle music. I had Mila wearing uh, Tales of Fantasia outfits most of the game, so I could hear, I could have like you know, douse music play for the boss fights. It was, it was, it was yeah. pretty great. I like that. That's that's a cool feature. It, it yeah. is a cool feature. I hope it's available separately though, because that would suck if it isn't. And you know, also recent Star Ocean news, they're uh, they're remastering Star Ocean the second story again. Yes, I'm so excited. That's my favorite one, but that's kind of weird. Like that they're just I, I porting think... the PSP version. I'm not sure how much they're upscaling it or remaking it, but it looks like it's uh, PS4 and Vita, or maybe just Vita. But uh, it's PS4 it's, it's and Vita. Okay. So yeah, that's cool. Although, I mean, I mean that that is, I mean that's um, that's I'm not wrong. That's the consensus, like almost everyone's favorite, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's the yeah. one I hear the most about by far. Because one was the one who pioneered it. it was it was cool for being a sci-fi RPG in its day. It was a it was a it was Super Famicom, right? Yes, uh, and then um, the it, first one to come out here was two. Yeah, and the the remake of one, the Super Famicom version of one, has really bad action, like like enemy targeting for its combat. It's it's hard. It's oh, okay. a, the Super Famicom version's a hard sell. I tried to play it once yeah. upon a time, but the, the Vita has the, PSP the worst version plot is good. twist. Yeah, three has the worst plot, worst plot twist of all time, and then four has some of the worst voice acting. I I will continue time. to disagree about three, but. Whatever, Caitlin, well, we we, because you're intelligent we, and I respect you. Ugh. <laughs> disagree with me. <laughs> I like three. We, we won't get into it because... It has good combat yeah. and good crafting. It sure does. <laughs> you can break that game with crafting. It's kind of fun. Yes. I mean, I, that's what I associate with the series, honestly, if it wasn't what was already. What was the weapon? It was, like a, it was like a light sword weapon that you could just continually craft and add to, and it became ridiculously overpowered. That sounds right. Yeah. I forget what it was called, but yeah, that was like how I got through the bonus dungeons at the end was basically just taking advantage of that. Fighting actual Lenneth Valkyrie at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. So cool. Speaking of which, where's Valkyrie profile wrist? Come on. It's exist archive. I know, but <laughs> that got <laughs> oh, delayed did we, did also. We, did we get any more out of exist archive from TGS? I haven't been following um, that game quite as closely. They, they had a stage or a floor demo that people played. And I read a, a write up on it on, I think destructoid. 
And uh, it, it sounds like it has potential, but the person who played it wasn't super impressed. They said it was running kind of poorly. Uh, and I know that they delayed it a little bit to, to optimize it or to make it better in some way. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were tuning up that end of it. Yeah, well, the demos are almost always separate builds, so usually right. the final version will be better. But They said uh, that um, their main concern was that combat seemed like it was going to get repetitive very fast. Hmm. Which is not a good sign. Because that's how I felt about uh, Radiant Historia. Yep. I, yeah. The, the battles in that game, just like they wore on me so quickly, and I enjoyed the rest of what the game had to offer. But yeah. Oh, the I, combat in that game was really fun for a while, but then every encounter sort of ends up the same. Like, yeah, like, they didn't have enough variety, and also I couldn't stand the maps because like the the screen was so sc- scrolled in when I was yes. like exploring that I had to like hug the walls to figure out where the hell I was going, and that just yeah. the first castle I got to, I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I had the same feeling actually. Yeah. Okay, see, see, great minds think alike, Derek. We don't always I... have to disagree. I really like Radiant Historia, but I didn't come close to 100%ing it, so I don't know what the true ending is, which bothers me a little, but I didn't feel like oh, visiting it. It's pretty it. important, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't feel like following through and revisiting it because I had a zillion other games to play. Yeah, unsurprising, just too many games in general for everyone. Too many games! This is not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. 20- Guys, there are too many games. Here are some more games. Please 20- be excited. 2015 has been too many games, and I'm okay with that. 2016 is probably going to be too many games too, based on what we have coming out. Part. Yeah, next year we have we have potentially Persona 5, Final Fantasy 15, and Dragon Quest 11 coming out in the same year, and that's not even counting like the next Trails of Cold Steel game or Bravely Second anything. comes out in English. Bravely Second in what January mm-hmm. or February? Yeah, everything. I, I think April, but yeah, it's just and. I don't know. My uh, my secret hope is that we get Tokyo Xanadu in English next year. Yes, I hope. Uh, so. I want that game. I want that game so much, man. But I'm considering uh, importing it, even. I oh, if I wasn't pretty sure that we were that we were getting it, I would think about it too. But I'm, I might import a soundtrack because they they're releasing a full soundtrack like a week after it comes out. Oh, are they? Okay, because yeah. I know there's a, there's a limited edition that comes with it, or at least a sampler, right? Because yeah, I, I was looking um, at this CD Japan. Because, I mean, this will date when we're recording this, but it comes out in Japan next week, and then there's a special edition that comes with a full soundtrack, and then the soundtrack has a separate release date in October. Oh, so oh, oh. I, I haven't I haven't been doing research on this at all, guys. I mean, this is this is just off the cuff. No, cover, yeah, you just kind of... It, it, just, it just came to me in a dream. Uh, speaking so, of, of yeah. soundtrack stuff, actually, the... That game looks great. We had, I think that we had actually mentioned something about this at some point on the show. I don't remember when, but we were talking about some of our favorite game soundtracks. And I think at, at least Stephen and I agreed, if we were on the same show, uh, or rather, if, the, if we were the only ones on that episode who talked about it, that we really love the Legend of Mana soundtrack and we want a, an arrangement album. And they, they announced one, oh, and it's right. actually coming out in like a week or two. I think it's September yes. 30th is when that comes out. That's um, crazy. We're, we're finally getting Legend of Mana and Chrono Cross release. And Chrono albums. Cross, yeah. Chrono so Cross it's, is trigger. So it's just, I mean, I think both of those games came out in 99, 2000. So it only took them 16 years, but really, yeah, yeah, good on them. They Cross got there. And Mana came out. That was the summer of adventure, if you recall. Well, it's, I mean, how long is oh, it taking God. them to Final Fantasy 15 out the door? Wow. Well, Square Enix isn't known for their punctuality. I and, uh, and, yeah. Laura Shigihara is co- is collaborating with uh, Yasunori Mitsuda on the Chrono Cross range, so that I'm very excited about that. Can't wait yes. for that. It's exciting. I, I have it in my cart on CD Japan, and I can't decide if I want to pull the trigger on it because it's only about twenty five bucks. Um, but then you know, shipping is like 
15 more. I just pulled the trigger on that $300 Bloodborne Puddle of Blood statue. What? Oh, really? I pulled the trigger on it. I I did it. Uh, My wife is an enabler. She was like, that looks awesome. That is going in our office. And I was like, okay, uh, babe, you say so. (laughs) Marry her again. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's how I ended up with the sky. When, like, the Amazon orders got all screwed up for the uh, Final Fantasy art book. I was like, oh, man, I guess I just shouldn't buy it. Give Jackie five minutes. She found it at some Canadian bookstore. Like, see, the Canadians, they were they were hiding Final Fantasy from me. It all comes full circle. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Canada. Uh, this again. Uh, this Oscar nominated. <laughs> that is true. A, a tiny news bite. Uh, they revealed a new saga game, finally. Saga of, you know, Romancing Saga, Saga Frontier. Oh it's, uh, is that Kawazu, I hate you, uh, directing that game? <laughs> Kawazu, I hate you. Well, I mean, that guy just hates everyone with his battle systems and stuff. Like, look at Final oh. Fantasy 2. My god. He just has some unorthodox ideas. But I, yeah, want, it's, I uh, want your party members to punch each other as hard as they can. That is how they will get more hit points. What system it's is for, that coming out on? It's Vita. It's called Saga Scarlet Grace. Did Square and, uh, Enix just, like, announce seven Vita games? In the, yeah, same, year, in the same year that yeah. in the same year that Sony Sony's like we're not going to develop first party on the Vita much anymore. It's kind of amazing, and then even uh, what Gravity Rush Two is going straight to PS4, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, and there's a there's a director's cut of uh, Gravity Rush One upscaled. Yeah, it it needs yeah. a director's yeah. cut because that game has great ideas and some <gasps> pretty. T- Execution spots. I don't know anything. I just hope it controls better. Honestly, I feel a lot better as a Vita owner now, seeing all of this Vita news happen at TGS. I agree, yeah. I was half expecting Persona 5 to get some kind of Vita announcement. I was half expecting it, but... I'm pretty sure sure Persona 5 Golden Fest is going to be like Vita and PS4 in 2018 or something. (laughs) Yeah, I was like said Golden Fez for a second. I was no, like, no, no, no. Fez, something entirely. No, it, no it, it's the same except you know the ma- the main character Harry Potter Coon has a bright gold <laughs> little Moroccan hat on. Freaking Harry Potter Coon. Awesome. He's, a, he's cosplaying as Morocco Mole. Oh my god. Um, All right, okay. guys. <laughs> so the only other piece of news I have has to do with fourteen. Fantasy fourteen. Got to talk yeah. just a little bit about it because we got some more details about the upcoming patch three point one. Uh, the bad news is it's not coming out as soon as we hoped it would. It's now set for a release date somewhere within the first 10 days of November. So we got to wait. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oddly specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Square oh, Enix. Right. That's, that's so weird. Yeah. We, we, we originally thought it would be coming out around the time of TGS, but... Eventually Square so Enix is just going to start giving you math problems. You must solve this riddle and <laughs> figure out the release date. That's pretty in character, yeah. <laughs> Final Fantasy fourteen three point one is Frog Fractions two. <laughs> Game will be coming out in one hundred and twenty two over four days. Yes, so, quick, somebody find. You do the math. Quick, somebody find find the square root of thirteen. We're we're gonna figure this out. Uh uh uh. uh three point seven and change. It also has a name, a title. It's called As Goes Light, So Goes Darkness. And for anyone who finished Heaven's Word, the very end of Heaven's Word, that's going to have a lot of meaning for it. I'm super excited about what we'll learn. Mm -hmm. Um, They went over three sort of basic things. They they showed us uh, footage of Void Arc, which is going to be the new 24-man raid, uh, similar to the Crystal Tower series from 2.0. 
It oh, is it, is it like the Ark Summon from FF9 or something? It's Well, it's a gigantic ship that you're exploring that is super badass looking. That, that sounds like Ark so it's FF9. All a glow with uh, like purple crackling energy and it's floating in the sky. And... Yeah, you, you actually can see it in Heaven's Word right now. It flies around in one of the, uh, um, one of the fields, oh, but cool. you're actually so... going to get to go run around in it. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this as someone who is, who is neck deep in Final Fantasy lore but has never played 14. So. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they tie it into a past FF because that's what they've been doing. Um, there's a huge... There's a story beat in Heaven's Word that is as of yet unresolved that has to do with the Warring Triad from Final yeah. Fantasy VI. Uh, the three statues that, that Kafka throws out of balance. Oh, and oh I'm aware. Yep. Yeah. Goddess, Doom, and uh, the third one. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> Kafka being, the one, Kafka and being the, the one Final Fantasy villain that actually won. Yeah. So, uh, spoilers so for 1995. Sure. I know, I know, right? I know. I, I think you, I think you might be onto something there, um, Mike, because there's something as well. There's a I won't say anything, but there's a, a hugely well-known Final Fantasy summons that has everything to do with the final boss of Heaven's Word. So. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I know what that is. I was spoiled on it. Yeah. It's, but it's, uh, it, it, it seemed like a really cool boss encounter, it's actually. So... It is. <laughs> God, I, I want to talk about it, but I don't want to spoil people. I mean, I, I categorically avoid MMOs, but I like Final Fantasy, and I, I even and I like Warcraft two and three. So as the new expansions to those come out, I look up and see like what the bosses are and yes. what uh, just so like it's like oh they finally found Deathwing in War in World of Warcraft like things like yeah. that. But I don't actually play them because if I played an MMO, no one would hear from me ever again. I know you're already into your uh, Diablo three season enough. Not an MMO doesn't count, dude. My buddy <laughs> just hit 234 on Paragon level. I'm like, you're insane. Like, I'm God. One of my, I have a couple friends in my friend list over 300, which seems insane to me. And I'm right at, I'm like right at 190, I think. But yeah, witch doctors are super good in this patch. So I picked on a whim. I picked a good new character to try. I told you, man. Witch Doctor is the way to go. No, but I mean, now they're actually top three in leaderboard classes. Like, like monks and barbarians are the best this patch, but witch doctors are probably third. Well, witch doctors have always had the high survivability, but like in terms of raw damage output, they haven't been that great. But they have jars of spiders. I know. It's like one of the best things ever. It's my favorite thing. I love it so much. We actually have a whole lot of African art downstairs in my office now because Jackie's family used to live in Africa when she was, like, a real small kid, and I just love that, like, playing as the witch doctor with all this art around. Like, I just... Between between that that and the Bloodsborne statue, Jackie sounds like a very interesting interior decorator. Uh, we we kind of... We have fun. We have fun. Uh, (laughs) Where's her Sailor Moon statue at? Oh, okay, there's... (laughs) There's, oh, oh, it's right next to the expensive Bloodborne statue. There's, there's, there's her uh, shrine to Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Because okay. I, mar- I married Pinkie Pie. I, I really I Jesus. really did. Yeah. All right. I'm I leaving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, I think this was a good podcast. I think we got back into the swing of things a little bit. Again, I want to apologize to the fans for this uh, taking so long to get out there. I, I hope you guys understand that life sometimes hits you in the balls, and it can. Please understand. Long. Yes, especially please understand. if you're Caitlyn. Apparently, like. Yes. I'm sure, Caitlyn gets hit in the balls all. Well, the I mean, you know, I. No, it misses all the time. It's it, strangely <laughs> enough. Strangely enough. It's like it's like it's passing through air. It's like there's nothing there. <laughs> I wonder why that might be. I'm just hanging my head in shame right now. Yeah, you messed up. 
Uh, so yeah, look forward to episode 100, but we wanted to give you guys this little preview sample of what we're up to. So, uh, you know, uh, there will be story, there's, uh, hints. There's a lot to talk about. There will be story hints and, uh, prologues and things in this podcast leading to, uh, what we will eventually talk about. Oh my god. <laughs> all right. Uh, for Derek, Mike, and Caitlin, thank you all for listening, and we will see you all later. See y'all. Bye. 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 Yeah.